0: Listening to another episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast, the WrestleMania Weekend Edition, with your hosts, the main event player, the Super C Kid himself, Furman Torres, the God among gods, the King among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch walking God's green earth. And this episode is sponsored by my good friends at Richards Billiards here in Corpus Christi, Texas, 5815 Weber. Not Your Average Heroes, The Legend Continues, and also sponsored by Emo Night, and also sponsored by the 1911 Tavern in Corpus Christi, Texas. And we begin WrestleMania weekend, right now.
1: Destruction!
0: Welcome back to part 3 of the Wrestlemania weekend. I'm your host, the main event player, the Super C, kid himself, Fermentoris, Taurus, the god among gods, the king among kings, the coolest son of a motherfucking bitch, walking God's green earth. So far, we've covered a lot. Part 1 was all about the Hall of Fame induction ceremony and NXT Stand and Deliver. And we also had a main event talk exclusive featuring the watch-along with the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Hulk Hogan for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania Five. Now, part two was all about WrestleMania Night One. We covered everything from the Raw Women's Championship being on the line to the SmackDown Women's Championship, a couple of new matches that were added, and also the appearance of Stone Cold Steve Austin on the KO show at WrestleMania. But the big question now remains is who's going to main event WrestleMania night one? Because the word is, it was supposed to be Ronda Rousey taking on Charlotte Flair for the SmackDown Women's Championship. But now the word is, the KO show may main event WrestleMania and Stone Cold Steve Austin appearing there might make the biggest difference, but we'll see. But also at part two, we had an exclusive the main event talk exclusive WrestleMania 17, Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock, in an epic watch-along that you know is still one of my favorite matches to this day. Now that part three is here, we're gonna cover the entire card of night two of WrestleMania, plus a main event talk exclusive. Another WrestleMania Watch Along, but this time we're going to cover something between WrestleMania 21 all the way down to WrestleMania 30. The question is, who is it? Get your Peacocks and get your WWE Network ready because we're going to go in for another WrestleMania Watch Along. And also, later on, we're going to cover some news more news in regards to Stand and Deliver, more news about WrestleMania. And so much more when part three of Wrestlemania weekend continues hi there
1: I'm on my way.
0: guys so before we go ahead and get into night two of Wrestlemania let's look into the old expression card subject to change and something did change at NXT stand and deliver now on part one I mentioned on the NXT's uh, ladder match for the NXT championship I mentioned that there were three men competing for the final spot Roderick Strong a kid and Cameron Grimes Well, I can officially tell you, as of right now, Cameron Grimes is in, which my prediction pretty much came true, and now he has an opportunity to be a part of the fatal five-way match for the NXT North American Championship at Stand and Deliver. It's going to be Cameron Grimes, the champion Carmelo Hayes, Santos Escobar, Grayson Waller, and... Solo Sokoa. One of these men are going to win the ladder match and win the NXT Championship at Stand and Deliver. Now, there is also another match that was added to NXT Stand and Deliver. Now, this is a big surprise because we were all kind of wondering as to whether or not the NXT Women's Tag Team titles will be on the line. And at Stand and Deliver, they will. But they will go up against the unlikely team And they won the championships last year. And this year, they plan on getting them back. And it's the unlikely team of Dakota Kai. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Dakota Kai and Wendy Chu, right? Wrong. It is the unlikely reunion of Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. So at Stand and Deliver, these women will compete against Toxic Attraction, for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship, that's all going to take place at Stand and Deliver. Now that we're done with that part of the news, now let's get into some wrestling news, and then we'll move on to WrestleMania Night Two.
2: Our first story looks at WWE's next Saudi show revealed. Top of the news today is a potentially big story concerning the WWE's next Super Show in Saudi Arabia as it appears that WWE is bringing back TLC for its next Saudi event. Andrew Zarian of the Wrestling Observer Figure Four Online is reporting, WWE will be making its return to Saudi Arabia for a pay-per-view event this September, while they're being indicated to us that the pay-per-view will likely be TLC 2022. This comes from the same source that indicated the first WWE pay-per-view in Saudi Arabia this year would be the Elimination Chamber. A specific date for the show has not been confirmed. This would be the first TLC pay-per-view since 2020 as no TLC event was held in 2021. Now, If the report is accurate, it means that WWE will be holding two big events that month as the WWE reportedly has a premium event planned for the UK the same weekend as AEW's Double or Nothing pay-per-view. Zaria noted, a previously reported pay-per-view event taking place in the UK during Labor Day weekend in September is also still happening. And now that the WWE's touring schedule is back in full swing following the ebbing of the pandemic, fans should expect to see the WWE booking its Saudi Arabia super shows on a regular basis. A rumor has it that the WWE may even run more than two shows in Saudi Arabia a year, although the logistics of doing so could prove problematic due to the travel time to and from the Middle East. An additional show could avoid the grueling travel if the WWE held a Smackdown and or Raw show in Saudi Arabia. What do you think of TLC being held in Saudi? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, what's next for Stone Cold Steve Austin after WrestleMania? A Stone Cold Steve Austin's upcoming appearance at WrestleMania as a guest on the Kevin Owens Show has fans talking not only about what will happen this weekend but whether it's the beginning of a longer stay for the Texas Rattlesnake. Our Fans have heard rumors that Austin might stick around after Mania but according to Ringside News' Steve Carrier, that's not so. WrestleMania is exciting because Steve Austin is coming back to WWE, the big question is how often fans will see him. We're told that as of right now, Austin's WrestleMania appearance is a one-time only thing. Things could always change, but Mania looks like a one-off. It's always possible that Austin could change his mind after he makes his appearances. And As we've suggested in our WrestleMania news and rumors video, it's possible Austin is using this appearance as a test run for an extended run or even a match down the road. Would you guys like to see Austin wrestle again and if so who should he wrestle? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up another huge return at Wrestlemania, and will the WWE Universe here Here comes the money at this week's showcase of the Immortals? Well that could be the case as PW Insider's Mike Johnson is reporting, WWE is bringing Shane McMahon in for Wrestlemania 38 this weekend, PWInsider.com has confirmed with multiple sources. There's no word at this time whether McMahon will be appearing on pay-per-view yet, but we are told he'll be in town for the entire WrestleMania weekend. Shane was reportedly in the WWE doghouse after he helped book this year's Royal Rumble and was said to have put himself over a little bit too much, leading to a major spat with his father that led to Shane being sent home. Now, this is interesting as there was wild speculation about whether Shane would even stick around in WWE. Now, an even wilder story, and brace yourself, is a story making its way through the internet wrestling community that Seth Rollins' Wrestlemania opponent will be revealed as Shane McMahon only for the WWE to swerve the fans by having Cody Rhodes show up. Like can you imagine the instant anger and disappointment from the crowd? It'd be unreal. I'm sure some of you would absolutely love it, but this kind of swerve could turn off viewers. Next up, Seth Rollins blasts AEW. As Seth Rollins recently shared his thoughts on wrestlers from one promotion mentioning wrestlers from another promotion and as far as he's concerned, it's something AEW should avoid. During an interview with the Sports Illustrated Media podcast, Rollins discussed how his mention of Dean Ambrose during Seth's program with Roman Reigns was necessary as all three men shared a deep bond as members of the Shield. To me, it's one of those things where if it's very useful, it's fine. The references you spoke of, Rollins mentioning Moxley, CM Punk mentioning WWE, are two kind of different things. I didn't use the reference to Mox to talk down to somebody, I wasn't trying to diminish anyone's accomplishments, it wasn't like that, he was part of our story, Roman wouldn't be the same if it wasn't for Mox and I. However, Rollins said AEW's Hughes hasn't been organic and in his opinion, downright tacky. The other side of that coin is the way that it can be used by those guys, they can do whatever they want, I find it very tacky and lowbrow personally. I think it looks and reeks of desperation. I don't think it's anything on our television show that we need to go there and talk down about those guys. They're doing their thing, they're doing it very well. We're very happy for them. I am at least personally. Are they on our level? No. They have a long way to go to catch up to us. That's fine and they know that. They do things differently. From my perspective, it's a step down for us to use it as an insult. That's my perspective. People may not share that opinion. It'll be fascinating to see how the WWE utilizes Cody Rhodes when he returns to the company, especially in terms of whether they'll mention his time in the competition or gloss over it. What do you think of Seth's take? Let us know in the comments down below. Next up, backstage heat between MJF and Tony Khan. Now is there heat between AEW's resident bad boy Maxwell Jacob Friedman and the promotion's president, Tony Khan. While a rumour has been going around that MJF came under heat after an interview with Ariel Helwani, where wrestling salt of the earth discussed his AEW contract, a potential jump to the WWE, Cody Rhodes' AEW exit, and his friendship with Bruce Pritchard, This led to what was described by various news sites as a heated exchange, with one wild rumour stating it turned into a physical altercation. First, let's take a look at an excerpt from MJF's interview. So when your talented is over and as much of a draw as me, if I want to, I can bite off Tony Khan's fingers. He knows where his bread is buttered. And if that offends somebody in the locker room, which I know it does, oh well, cry about it. Get more over than me. Oh wait, that's right. You, you can't. Because I'm literally the best talker in the business and one of the bestness and one of the best wrestlers in the history of the business bell to bell. A Rumor has it MJF's comments themselves led to a spat with Tony Khan, not so much because of the comments themselves, but because Tony Khan had reportedly not given him approval for the interview, particularly MJF chatting about his contract and the WWE's interest in signing him. Like many a wrestling story, this one took a life on its own with rumors going so far that the two even got into a fight. However Meltzer reported that no physical altercation occurred and the matter had been resolved. Nevertheless, there could be a bigger issue driving the alleged argument as Sean Ross Sapp reports the problem runs deeper than an interview. Sapp elaborated this in a backstage report audio saying, I know MGF is frustrated about his contract and he wants to be paid more and that's just the long and short of it. There are a lot of people that have come in after him that are getting paid way more. MGF has arguably become AEW's top heel and could be looking for more money in light of how much he has contributed to AEW's success. At the same time, MJF is known for working the fans and this could be another example of him blurring the lines between kayfabe and reality. Next up, John Cena misses WWE. John Cena has been doing quite well for himself as an actor, but believe it or not, the 16-time world champion still misses his time as a WWE superstar. The current star of the HBO Max series The Peacemaker recently told GQ.com, I miss it every day, every single day. But I'll be 45 on April 23rd, and I was very fortunate to make it as long as I did with only a minor list of injuries. Nothing that has changed the trajectory of my long-term health. I'm strong, flexible, and in good shape externally, internally. I think now being a full-time touring performer might start to hit that point of diminishing returns and I have to be realistic when I look at that. It's good that Cena recognizes just how much he's accomplished and how he's better off doing what he's doing now rather than tarnishing his incredible legacy. And finally, the King is dead. And last but not least, the King is dead. Long live the King. As Wrestling News is reporting that Xavier Woods, who won the 2021 King of the Ring tournament, had a slight change to his name following his recent return to SmackDown. A WWE has dropped the King Woods moniker, and he's back to being Xavier Woods. The reason behind the name change is unknown, but knowing the WWE, it could be anything from Vince McMahon's cardio machine breaking down, to him thinking fans would be confused by the presence of Jerry the King Lawler. Who the hell knows?
3: It is official. Saturday, you know. At the beginning of the show, I say we're here every day. Well, we are now here every day again, Jim. Monday through Friday, myself, Mike Semper Vivi. Saturday, 10 o'clock a.m. Pacific, one Eastern. Jim Valley returns this weekend, going head to head with NXT, and of course, Andrew Zarian on Sundays. You excited to be back, Jim. Yes,
4: oh, just, I didn't realize NXT was at the same time. I'm, can I cancel?
3: Nope.
4: Ah, oh, damn. No, that'll be great. I'm looking You can to, do live play-by-play, play, brother. Look, give me something to do.
3: Put I'm it on talking. the background. Tell us what's happening on this show. Yeah, no. Tell us how long the video packages are.
4: Oh, no, jeez, I don't have that kind of time. I only got an hour.
3: Hey, listen. I'm gonna, i am going i got to go through this. Uh, I don't want to take away any of your time, Jim. But uh, I've I got to get into this. I'm going to go over this NXT report. Feel free to jump in if you want to. But I need to get over this report because I got something I got to read from ESPN, and I got to talk about it. So, let's get going. It opened up with Imperium, Gunter, Marcel Bartel, and Fabian Eichner beating L.A. Knight and MSK in a six-man tag. And, of course, Imperium are the tag team champions. And I could not help but notice that they won. They pinned Nash Carter. So uh, there's a number of potential reasons for that. And we could talk about that this weekend. But Imperium got the win there. I thought it was a very good match. Hard to not have a good match. The only downside was the fans who hate MSK. And they hate the name Gunther. And so they're just going to chant whatever they want. And it takes away from the matches. And, uh, you know, local chants on a national show. Whatever. Not my favorite, but there you go. We had Kaylee and Eo bickering backstage. Which was ridiculous because, uh, you know, Kaylee goes... You know, the best woman is going to win. And so EO goes, yeah, it's going to be me. And Kaylee's completely taken aback. I-, I can't believe that you would say that you're better than me. It's... Some of these backstage interviews, brother, holy smokes. Uh, Dakota Kai found uh, Wendy Chu's pillow all torn up backstage. She's now missing because on NXT people go missing regularly. We had Ivy He's... Nile.
4: It's been what, like two weeks since a kidnapping story?
3: Yeah, they, they, they were, were due a kidnapping,
4: Man, wrestling, kidnapping.
3: Ivy Nile beat Tiffany Stratton. They practiced this match nonstop for a week, and uh, it's fine. I mean, it only went like maybe two and a half, three minutes, but they didn't screw anything up. Uh, I mean, it's this is not really how you learn how to work, but I mean, if you're going to be doing one show a week and it's going to be on national television, you do what you got to do. And uh, Ivy Nile beat her after a distraction from Sarai. So, uh, you know, it was fine. Everything you'd expect out of a WWE match. Short, choreographed, distraction finish. That's uh, NXT 2.0. We had a Ciampa promo where he goes, You know, everyone thinks it might be the end this weekend for Tommaso Ciampa in NXT. And then literally at the end of the thing, he folds up a chair and it says, uh, September 9, 2015 to April 2, 2022. (laughs) So I guess he's done after this weekend. We had a uh, we had we had video packages with Ziggler and Braun Breaker, which were very good, uh, building up the main event. Storyline is uh, you know Braun Breaker is a hard-working, tough guy. He's first in, last out, works his ass off, lives, breathes NXT. Ziggler's the guy from the main roster that flies in, does his stuff, and gets out as quickly as possible. Doesn't care, you know he's the big superstar. Everybody wants to talk to him. Nobody wants to talk about Braun Breaker and the. You know, as they do all of the uh, media and everything like that. Maybe because the media knows they're not allowed to ask Bron Breaker about his dad. I never thought about that, but that might be why. But they were good. Briggs and Jensen faced Legado del Fantasma. And uh, they won. And it was alright. And uh, all I can really add about this is... Uh, Brooks Jensen, whose gimmick is he's a virgin nerd... Now, this character is not getting him over. Nobody cared when he was getting beaten on. But hey, gotta keep giving these guys personalities, even if they're of dorks. Indian and Persia did a absolutely comically horrific interview segment backstage. They're going to do some sort of thing at the show. Uh, fans are going to vote about what couple's hotter. Awful. Whew. Holy smokes.
4: Terrible acting. I was waiting for someone to deliver a pizza. Acting was really bad.
3: Yeah, people are confused here. You guys don't watch NXT 2.0? His gimmick is he's a virgin nerd. That's his gimmick. It's... I'm not even being like sarcastic. That's actually his gimmick. He's never been with a woman. He, he admits it, and he's a total nerd. That's his gimmick. What do you want me to do about it? Then we had Toxic Attraction doing a promo about uh, the show on Sunday. And... Uh, And uh, J.C. and uh, J.C. Jane and Gigi Dolan are out there. And Dakota Kai comes to the ring because they beat up Wendy Chu. They all beat her up. And then Raquel Gonzalez, of all people, make the save. And then uh, Raquel and Dakota, who had a blood feud. A blood feud with two hated rivals. They square off. And they hug. And they're friends. And they're facing J.C. and Gigi on Saturday. Von Wagner... Beat Bodie Hayward. And uh, they had uh, this uh, new woman out there watching. And they actually said her name this time. Her name is... um... Help me out, Jim. What's her name?
4: God, I don't remember.
3: Doesn't matter. It'll matter when she's on the main roster in about three weeks, but it doesn't matter now. Then we had Joe Gacy beating Draco Anthony. This was a
4: horror. Is that
3: what the chat says? What's her name? It's not Bluxton Pungsley! Stop! And it's not Fallon Henley either! Okay. Golly, you people. Anyway, uh, Joe Gacy, Draco Anthony was not good at all. Uh, God bless Draco Anthony, I'm sure he's a great guy, but when you look at like the NXT 2.0 roster on national television, as far as like the number one greenest person who absolutely is not ready for TV, God bless him, it's Draco Anthony. And they botched the first spot and it was off to the races from there. And Joe Gacy won, crowd was absolutely dead, and it went a long, long time. Nikita Lyons beat Sloane Jacobs quickly. You know what's funny is when I saw the name Sloane Jacobs, I thought, "Eh, that's a pretty normal name, nothing weird about it. Then I say it and I'm like, Sloane Jacobs is her name. She lost to Nikita Lyons, and then uh, Lash Legend appeared on the Titantron, and they have unfinished business to settle after Stand and Deliver. I hope they've been practicing this one for about a month. Because that could well, be, see, uh... I
4: mean, Nikita Lyons has a lot of strikes, so I'm hopeful that that will be good for Lash Legend, that she can just sell strikes as opposed to something else. Because she's. It's amazing to me. It really speaks to how difficult wrestling is as a craft, as an art form. Seriously. I'm when am well someone... aware. A world-class athlete like Lash Legend can't grasp it yet, that she can't just pick it up. And I'm not ripping on Lash Legend. I'm just saying, you know, I'm sure she respects the craft. But people watching should also respect the craft, the fact that someone of her athletic ability and pedigree can't just pick it up.
3: Sophia Cromwell, by the way. I'll talk about that in a second, Jim, because i got more Everybody to say about it. Everybody
4: sounds that. like they are a cop show in the 70s.
3: Basically. Then the main event was Cameron Grimes, Akin, and Roderick Strong. Triple Threat Match. Uh, Cameron Grimes won. That match was great. I know you're surprised. And that brings us to what I want to talk about. I rushed through this because i got to talk about this. So I thought this show was, was, uh, it was pretty good. You know what you're getting when you watch NXT 2.0. But you know what I couldn't help but notice for like the 80th time? Well, what was the headline match? Cameron Grimes, longtime worker, A Kid, longtime worker. Well, given how long he's been doing it. Roderick Strong, really longtime worker. And they had, you know, a fantastic match. What was the other really good match? Oh, we had Imperium, which consists of Volter, longtime great worker, Marcel and Fabian and LA Knight and Nash Carter, all workers. They went out there, and they just had a tremendous opener, and then we had a great main event. And uh, then what else do we have? Ivy, Nival and, Ivy Nile and Tiffany Stratton, That's was all right when they practiced for an entire week and went two minutes. And then, you know, Brooks and Jensen, I mean, that was all right because you had Legato Del Fantasma in there. But, I mean, Briggs and Brooks, they're not bringing a whole lot to the table at this point. And then Von Wagner and Bodie Hayward was just, it existed. Uh, Joe Gacy and Draco Anthony was, like, aggressively not good. It was, you know, that would have been a bad match on indie shows I used to work on. And it was on national television. And same thing, Nikita Lyons and Sloane Jacobs, long-time practice match, squash, a minute, and that's it. So I'm watching this this show, and it's like, it's so obvious what the best things on this show are and what the worst things on the show are. And the best things on the show are the things involving professional wrestlers. People experienced in professional wrestling here on this professional wrestling show. And the worst stuff is the volleyball players and the basketball players and the gymnasts and the football players and the people that lift weights. Who are now being asked way too early to be pro wrestlers on national television. So then I read this article. It's on the front page of uh, WrestlingObserver.com. In an interview with ESPN, focusing on their NIL program and specifically college football players, WWE Senior Vice President of Global Talent Strategy and Development, James Kimball, talked about how they're focusing on young talent to sign, especially in athletics. And gave interesting insights to what they're looking for. We would like the age number to come down, especially on the developmental standpoint. The second you enter our developmental program and then potentially end up on n x t and then on the Raw or Smackdown, we want that number to be twenty five not thirty or thirty five. Never mind whether you're a good athlete or, which we got you gotta be young otherwise you're just we're not going to look at you uh, he says uh they're sporting athletes who are looking to achieve their college goals before coming to WWE. Even if you come to WWE and you're 23, 24, 25, that's a significant improvement, or over what has historically been the case with some of our developmental talent. They you don't know, like all these, you know, wrestlers who showed up that were too old, even though they could wrestle. We're able to develop them in an accelerated manner. Get them. We're able to develop them in an accelerated manner. Get them to WrestleMania or Raw, do media training, do community events, all these initial exposures to the business, those are done when you're still in school. Then you go to Orlando, and off you go. What is their wish list for for signees? They want you to be physical, look, size, athleticism, strength, and personality, public speaking, charisma, character range, willingness to be coached. (laughs) I... you know, I, I don't know who this guy is, Kimball. Who is this guy? What's his name? James Kimball. I'm sure he's a nice guy, but you know what he isn't? He's not a pro wrestler. And, uh, and so he's, he's like, I'm sure been indoctrinated at the WWE. And this idea that, hey Kimball, you know, we need young athletes that are good athletes. And we don't want them older than 25. We don't want them to have any wrestling experience. We want them to be good looking and athletic. And then we will rush them to NXT in the main roster, and they're going to be ready to go. Do we have any evidence that this has ever worked yet? I mean, I know you could probably say, well, Braun Breaker... Bro, Braun Breaker is a second-generation pro wrestler. He grew up with the Steiners. Do we have any evidence that this worked one time? And now this is like the whole recruitment process. We don't want any pro wrestlers. Never mind on our developmental show. The only good stuff involves pro wrestlers. But we've got to get all these athletes because man, we can teach anybody to wrestle fast. Just get them in there and rush them through. They're already. That's what they're saying here. We knew this, but now they're saying it!
0: Okay, so let's start off with the list here. Um, uh, For night two, we're going to start off with the fatal four-way match for the NXT, uh, for not the NXT, I'm sorry, the Women's Tag Team Championship. Um, The champions, um, Zelina Vega, defend their titles against... um, Zelina Vega and and Carmella to take on Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. Um, Let's see. Naomi and Sasha Banks. And Shayna Baszler and Um, Natalya. This one, much like the other matches, the other tag team matches that we had at night one. This one will probably be uh, just a little bit more interesting. Simply because of Fatal 4-Way, but also... You know, the women lately have been putting on a tremendous show within the past couple of weeks, building up to WrestleMania. So, you know, just like the the raw tag team titles and the SmackDown tag team titles, I think this will be just as interesting. You know, now, unless they can, you know, and and, and let's look at it from this perspective. On one side, you got the Usos who are the tag team champions and who are, defi- who, who are definitely the professionals, who are definitely the veterans when it comes to tag team wrestling. And they have a match with uh, Nakamura and um, Boogs. Now, the next one is a triple threat match for the Raw tag team titles where you got RK-Bro taking on Alpha Academy and the Street Profits. Now, even though um, RK Bro are the tag team champions, they are still a little bit inexperienced as far as tag team wrestling goes. So in this match for the women's tag team titles, let's call it like we see it. <clears throat> the only ones that are truly experienced in tag team wrestling would probably be Naomi and uh, Sasha Banks, and, and let me explain why. Zelina Vega and Carmella were put together as a tag team, but they were mostly for singles competitors, you know, just like that. And then you have Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley, who, to me, and I'll say this because I can, I think are, they would be great as a tag team. They would be great as tag team champions. i like to see them. But they're just a little bit inexperienced and everything. But the only experience that they have is that Liv Morgan, who has been a part of several factions, who have been part of several teams in her career, especially when it comes to the Riot Squad, Rhea Ripley, who was always a loner, was also a was also a former tag team champion. So you you can't fault her for that. Now Natalia, when it comes to tag team wrestling, I may mean, not just because of her father. But the fact that she was a former tag team champion as well. And she had great success becoming tag team champion. And also, Shayna Baszler, who was tag team champions with, uh, I believe it was Nia Jax. A long, long time. As a matter of fact, it was a year ago when they were tag team champions. So, this is going to be an interesting concept here. So, you have one, two, three four, I believe, four former WWE Women's Tag Team Champions in that side, and several that have never won championship gold, but could possibly win it at WrestleMania. So who do I think will win it? I mean, obviously, and and let's call it like we see it, uh, with Carmella pretty much distracted because she's going to be having a wedding right after WrestleMania, which that seems to be her main focus. I think uh, we're going to see new tag team champions, but who will win the titles? Um, the main event will actually go with, as, as much as I hate to say it, I mean, I think originally when it was going to be just a tag team, you know, just a regular tag team match, I thought for sure that maybe Naomi and Sasha Banks will win it. And, th- and if you think about this extremely close, and everyone's been talking about this, Sasha Banks has never won at WrestleMania. So I think a lot of people would probably want to go for that. But I think the one team that really sticks out the most would be Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan. I I think those two, I think they make a great tag team. Uh, I see uh, definitely something in their future in tag team wrestling. And plus, I think what they need to do at this point is... I think Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan will be the perfect two individuals to win the tag team titles at WrestleMania. And also, especially for Liv Morgan, because she really needs to have a WrestleMania moment under her belt. And when you think about this, extremely close. I think Sasha Banks has had her WrestleMania moments, even though they weren't you know, as successful. Uh, Shayna Baszler had a WrestleMania moment as well, but it didn't turn out so well for her. Natalia you know, uh, pretty much the same thing and, and everything. So it's going to end up with Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan winning, winning the tag team titles. Now, if that doesn't happen, don't be surprised if if Sasha Banks or Naomi were to win the titles. I think that would happen as well. It would be great for Naomi's career. It would definitely be very helpful for Sasha Banks. And if you think about this extremely close, and I didn't think about this, if Naomi and... Sasha Banks were to win at WrestleMania. Not only were would these two women be tag team champions at WrestleMania, but they would be the first African American tag team to win tag team titles at WrestleMania. That would be huge for them at WrestleMania. So as much as I like I said, as much as I'd love to go for them, I think I'll definitely go with Liv Morgan and Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania.
4: Maria, congratulations. Really finding your success as a tag team victorious tonight. Now, this has to give you momentum heading into the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship match this Sunday at WrestleMania. Totally. I mean, I feel great going into WrestleMania. And I think, like, the difference in our dynamic is that we really, really, really like each other. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And that just makes a perfect team. I mean, you saw it out there.
1: We're on the same page, and we just got the victory. So...
4: she's got my back and i've got hers and um we are just so ready to take this wwe women's tag team championships Mm -hmm. i think they're gonna look really nice around her waist i mean she has a perfect figure i mean look at her look at my tag team partner my gosh i just love her stop it what do you want to do right now (sighs) she's making me blush (laughs) (laughs) what do you want to do do you want to go get dessert at catering she doesn't eat dessert she likes to eat meals I do. <laughs> let's go get to She's dessert. so healthy. Well, okay, let's gonna go. We're going to celebrate because we're going to win. So. Oh, do you want to celebrate? Yeah. Let's go! <laughs> All right, good luck this weekend, ladies.
0: <laughs> Johnny Knoxville versus Sami Zayn. Anything goes match at WrestleMania. <laughs> um... This one's going to be, um, it, it, it's probably going to be the most extremely, the most interesting match in the history of the WWE. And when you think about it, the WWE and Jackass have a lot in common. Yes, the, both shows intend to do stupid things. Both shows intend to draw a lot of viewers. And also, both shows intend on pissing people off in the wrong kind of manner. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, I'm. Johnny Knoxville, when he first appeared in the Rumble, my first thought was, this dude ain't going to last. And he didn't. He, he was in there for almost a minute, at least, I think, in the Rumble, and then he got thrown out, you know, so you know and and then there were rumors circulating that he was going to become the next Intercontinental champion and I thought no no don't even let that happen don't don't even don't even bother trying to do that so luckily Sami Zayn lost the championship and then you know after that now it became the challenge so in many ways, I know people are expecting Johnny Knoxville to win because it's Johnny Knoxville, but I really want Sami Zayn to win this match. Let me explain why. I'm a huge fan of Sami Zayn's work. I think he's a great heel. He knows how to piss people off, <coughs> and he's been doing it for you know quite a while. So this match with him and Johnny Knoxville, I expect Knoxville to... Come out and do the usual jackass routine, and there will be interference in the match. You can almost see that coming. But I have this feeling that somehow Sami Zayn may walk away from this match with Johnny Knoxville, but then something's going to happen at the very end if Sami Zayn wins. You can almost guarantee it. it this is not going to be. One of the greatest matches in the history of WWE. But it's definitely going to be something that the fans are going to be looking forward to checking out. Johnny Knoxville, Sami Zayn, anything goes match at WrestleMania. And it'll probably be Jackass style. We'll see. Of all the matches that I'm definitely looking forward to checking out, Pat McAfee versus Austin Theory is definitely one of those matches. Now, there's a lot of things to look at here. A lot of rumors were speculating that Pat McAfee was going to be in a match with Vince McMahon. Now, in the Pat McAfee show, Vince had pretty much gave him an opportunity. He gave him an opportunity to go into WrestleMania, which is good, and I'm glad. I'm glad that he got the opportunity to go to WrestleMania. Now, the other thing is, who would be his opponent? A lot of people were speculating that it was going to be Mr. McMahon. <clears throat> now, my, everyone's thought obviously was that Austin Theory was going to probably play a role in this match. And he did. You know, he, And the thing is with Austin Theory, and, and, and I'll call it like I see it. Austin Theory has, has a ton of potential. He's a great heel. He knows what he's doing. But he is green as hell. He's green as hell, and I don't think some people can see that yet, but trust me, he's green as hell. Now, if he were to win this match, it would be good for his career at WrestleMania, but I'm going to go with Pat McAfee to win the match at WrestleMania. Here's how I see it. Pat McAfee had a match several years back against Adam Cole the first time. And Pat McAfee did a tremendous job. Did a tremendous job. He even did extremely well in the War Games match a couple of years later, also. So <clears throat> Pat McAfee losing again at WrestleMania would be bad. It would be extremely bad in so many ways. And I wouldn't I wouldn't even allow if 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 Pat loses to Austin Theory, it would be bad for so many reasons. But if Pat McAfee were to win, it would be good, good for publicity and also good for the fact that you have a guy who was a former, who was a former Indianapolis cult and also someone that knows the game of professional wrestling. So he knows, he knows what's up. He understands how it rolls. Austin Theory, if he wins, I mean, uh, I, I know some people will see it as, yeah, he's putting over the young talent, but at the same time, you kind of have to look at it as Austin Theory is green as hell and he has nothing to prove just yet, but to me, he has a lot to prove. He has a lot to prove in the ring and everything. He, because keep in mind, he had a match with Ricochet this past Friday night on SmackDown and beat him. And I know some people are going to say, well, that's good. That's that's good in many ways possible. No, because Ricochet's the Intercontinental Champion, and you know what would be, would be I, 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 honestly, personally, if Austin Theory were to walk away with the Intercontinental Championship gold, I wouldn't have a problem with it because at least we would see, someone like Austin Theory carry on some Intercontinental gold in his um, in his waist, and he would, you know, elevate himself into something very very special. So that would be good, but at WrestleMania. You gotta go with Pat McAfee. You got to Austin Theory. Look, he's gonna have plenty of WrestleMania moments. Well, depending how how much how much longer he'll stay in WWE, and depending how much longer Mr. McMahon will put up with Austin Theory. But I think I think Pat McAfee should win at WrestleMania. Now, there's also the speculation. There's all the rumors. Now. There was a rumor going around that Shane McMahon is going to be at WrestleMania. Now, we don't know exactly what role Shane McMahon will play, but it wouldn't surprise me, and let me make this prediction. Say if, say if Pat McAfee beats Austin Theory, right? And he's out the picture, no problem. He's done, he's finished, and then Pat McAfee has another match. He has another match with Shane McMahon. And, I, and honestly, I don't have a problem with that match either. Because when you think about this extremely close, Shane McMahon is my favorite McMahon. I mean, you know, forget about what happened at the Royal Rumble several months back. Shane McMahon showing up at WrestleMania to take on Pat McAfee would be fucking awesome. I would love that. But would it set up an idea... Let's follow along with this story here. Say Pat does beat Austin Theory. And then say Shane McMahon comes out and say he loses to to, uh, to Pat McAfee. And then Vince McMahon comes out. I mean, could that happen? I mean, people have been talking about Vince McMahon versus Pat McAfee, right? And... And you also have to look at this from another perspective. Say if we get Austin Theory... I'm sorry. Say if we get Pat McAfee versus Vince McMahon at WrestleMania. Keep in mind, Vince McMahon has not won a WrestleMania. He hasn't. And Pat McAfee, say he wins twice at WrestleMania, but then loses to Vince McMahon at the end. That would be... That, that's something to really think about at this point. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I think they'll probably just go with the old... I mean, everyone's saying Austin Theory should win. No, I, I, I don't agree with that. I don't agree with that by any means necessary at all. I think it should be Pat McAfee to win. I think he should beat Austin Theory. That should be it. And then, after that, that should be you know that should be it. But we'll see what happens. We'll see how they're going to change everything around. Will Vince McMahon? Will Vince McMahon appear at WrestleMania? Will Pat McAfee lose? Will Austin Theory lose? Will Shane McMahon appear? So many questions come to mind, but the main event's going to go with Pat McAfee to win at WrestleMania. I, I think he deserves it. I think it should happen. I think that's the theory to think about at this point in time the triple threat match for the tag team championship um RK Bro against the Alpha Academy against Street Profits um you know much like the women's tag team championship match and much like the raw uh smackdown tag team championship it's going to be up in arms it's going to be a great match i think it's going to be it's going to be another it's going to be one of those show stealer matches and everything and um This one's a very tough one to pick. I don't know who exactly will win as far as, you know, how WrestleMania goes. When when you look at this extremely close here, Alpha Academy, this will be the first time appearing at WrestleMania. Otis has been a part of WrestleMania before, so, you know, if everybody remembers that match. The Street Profits have been a part of WrestleMania before. Riddle has been a part of Wrestlemania And when it comes to Wrestlemania Nobody knows it better than Randy Orton This will be the first time that Randy Orton, he's walked into Wrestlemania with the Intercontinental Championship He's walked into Wrestlemania With the United States Championship He's walked in as The, I think he was The WWE Champion Remember serves me correctly Actually he walked in with both World titles so that That counts for something I think I mentioned United States Gold. I think he walked in with Intercontinental Gold. Um, This will be the first time he walks in with Tag Team Gold. So this should be extremely interesting. So out of... Who do I think will win in this match? Um, I was going to say Alpha Academy. But I think you want to save them. I would say the Street Profits. But I don't know. I mean... I would agree with it if it was just the Street Profits and the Alpha Academy. But when you got RK-Bro, when you got Riddle, and when you got Randy Orton involved in the match, you're going to expect a WrestleMania win to happen. So at WrestleMania in the Triple Threat match, this is going to be an exciting match. I'm going to see, uh, as, as Randy Orton would say, there's going to be a lot of dives involved. So <clears throat> expect that to happen. So I see Randy Orton and Riddle walking away still the Raw Tag Team Champions. I think that, I think, I I don't see any other team that sticks out more than RK-Bro at this point. I think RK-Bro walking out with the Tag Team titles at WrestleMania, I don't have a problem with that. this match i'm definitely looking forward to checking out of all the matches out of all the matches of both night one and night two of wrestlemania edge versus aj styles at wrestlemania is just booming now all of us have predicted months in advance and let's call it like we see it a lot of people have talked about this a lot of people were looking into the fact that if WrestleMania comes along and if Edge chooses to make an appearance at WrestleMania, his next opponent should be AJ Styles. Now, when you look back at last year's WrestleMania, Edge was involved. Edge was originally supposed to have a match with Roman Reigns. And that didn't happen, so it ended up being a triple threat match for the WWE Championship, for the WWE Universal Championship at the time. And we know how the result of that came down. <clears throat> so now, a lot of people were thinking that Edge was going to have a match at Day One with somebody else, but it ended up with the Miz. So, well, we know how that shit went down, and Miz is no longer around, and we cannot, you know, live to talk about talk about it anymore. So then comes the Raw, uh, Then comes WrestleMania. And there had been several reports and several um, interviews that people have talked with about AJ Styles. And they've all asked the question, if AJ chooses to have a WrestleMania opponent or a Dream opponent, who would it be? Edge's name must have appeared like many, many times. And I know Edge was definitely thinking about having a match with AJ Styles at WrestleMania. So this is going to be one of these show-stealing matches that is going to literally blow you away. When I look at this, I look at Edge, and I see, you know, I, I think about a lot of the historic <clears throat> WrestleMania moments that Edge had. He was a part of several of the TLC matches. He was, he won the first money in the bank. He uh, He's been a part of uh, world title matches, WWE Championship matches. He was in a uh, a, a street fight, a, a Extreme Rules fight with Mick Foley. He had been a part of triple threat matches for WWE Championship gold. Um, <clears throat> he even retained the world title at WrestleMania 27. Now, AJ has been a part of uh, the company for several years now. His first appearance was against Chris Jericho. His second appearance was against uh, Shane McMahon. His third appearance was against um, Randy Orton. And then the following, he had a match. He had a Boneyard match against uh, The Undertaker, which was a good match. And then AJ's last match at WrestleMania was with Omos, and they walked away with the Raw Tag Team Championship. So, Edge has a lot more memories and a lot more matches than AJ Styles. Now, outside of the box, and and, and let's think of outside of the box here, we can think about the credentials of AJ Styles in the WWE. We can think about that, but we can also think about the credentials he had outside of the WWE. We know about his run in TNA wrestling. We know about his run in Ring of Honor wrestling. We know the stuff he's done in New Japan Pro Wrestling. We know that he is simply one of the most phenomenal professional wrestlers in the history of professional professional wrestling. Now, Edge comes from the Attitude Era cloth. And he knows what it takes to be at the top. This match is a dream match in so many ways. Edge has now become this different individual. And to to Edge's credit, it's good. I like how this Edge has become, you know what I'm saying? And in a crazy way, this Edge needed to happen because from the moment when these two, when Edge finally got his opponent for WrestleMania and it was AJ Styles, There was one of these things, and I mentioned this in my podcast. There needs to be a good guy, and there needs to be a bad guy. Fans had cheered for Edge for a long time, but they've also cheered for AJ. So Edge was the one that decided to pull the trigger. He pulled the trigger and said, you know what? The fans like you. You're the good guy, so I'll be your Huckleberry. I'll be your bad guy. So Edge did exactly what he needed to do. To some people, it's ridiculous. To others, it's like it's brilliant. It's tremendous. It was so tremendous that the following week, Edge comes out as this kind of a cross between the rated R superstar and the brood Edge mixed in one. It's like a darker version of Edge that we've never seen. So dark that he goes ahead and changes changes the usual song from um, Alter Bridge And goes with a new song that we know quite well, The Other Side. Great song, by the way. Great song. So now AJ is faced with a decision to face off against this version of Edge. He's not going to get the Rated R Superstar. He's going to get Edge. He's going to get this Edge. And you also have to remember, at Edge's return at the Rumble a couple years ago... He had a face-to-face encounter with AJ Styles, and there was an injury that took place, and I think it was because of Edge, if anybody remembered that. So, we know how that went down. So, at WrestleMania, I can't wait to watch this match. I mean, this is going to be... It's going to be the highlight reel of every WrestleMania I've ever seen. Of every one-on-one match that I've seen at WrestleMania, this will be the one that people talk about. I think of... When I think of some of the best one-on-one matches at WrestleMania, I think of... Uh, Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, versus the Macho Man, Randy Savage. Somewhere, like, around that style. Around there. Um, another match that I, I think about... I think... Um, trying to remember another match it, it, it's, it's somewhere similar there but I think that a Wrestlemania Edge versus AJ Styles is going to bring out something so different that fans will be talking about this match for a long time out of all the matches at Wrestlemania night one and night two Edge versus AJ Styles is going to be the one to talk about everyone's going to be looking forward to seeing that match we are all going to be having a beer and no doubt I'll be probably taking shots while all this is going on so I can't wait edge versus aj styles night two of wrestlemania i can't wait
5: last week on raw i had a choice to make do i blast seth rollins with a chair and give him another beating this sunday at wrestlemania one that he deserves and it's very tempting or do i let fate take its course But like I've talked about recently, I've decided to take fate into my own hands. And that made me realize, AJ, it's serendipity. It needed to be you. AJ, we need each other. You needed me to pull off the veil of mediocrity that you placed on your own head to remind you that you were an era-defining superstar in this industry. You're welcome, by the way. I, on the other hand, I needed you to become what I've become. I am a wild light, blinding, bright. I am the benchmark of the WWE. We've already pushed each other to better places, AJ. Only I will keep soaring and you will stay where you are. This Sunday at WrestleMania, finally, after over 20 years of running parallel, collecting championships, wherever we've gone, blowing the roofs off of arenas worldwide, you and I will face off on the grandest stage of them all for the first time ever in a match for the ages. AJ, I saw the look in your eyes Monday, and I realized that I am already roaming inside your head. This Sunday at WrestleMania, AJ, it's your judgment day. And your judgment
6: is sealed. <laughs>
4: AJ, can I get your reaction on Edge's comments just moments ago?
7: My reaction? Edge used a lot of words to justify another cheap shot. That's my reaction. You know, it was a month ago where Edge grabbed a steel chair and cracked me in the back of the head. Not once, because that wasn't good enough. But twice. And since then... His music's changed. He's changed as if he were trying to get inside my head. Mission accomplished. All I have thought about is what I will do to Edge once I get him in that ring. He wants to pit bull. He's gonna get something a lot worse, a lot worse than that. He wants to destroy me. Well, the feeling is mutual. He says, my judgment's coming. The verdict's already in. The phenomenal AJ Styles is going to deliver at beating the Edge. Nor the WWE Universe will never forget this Sunday at WrestleMania.
0: So this next match, um, which was just added uh, from this past Monday night on Raw, um, we kind of had a feeling that it was going to happen. Rumors were flying and circulating about whether or not this match was going to happen. So, uh, we mentioned earlier about uh, AJ Styles. Um, so, his partner, Omos, had one Tag Team goal with him at last year's WrestleMania. And, of course, we know that they're no longer tag team partners and Omos is all on his own. Now, when it comes to someone that is green as a pepper tree, this dude is green. Now I know I I know some people are wondering what what the hell do I mean by the word green? Green means that I mean he, he he's got some potential. I mean, Omas is a very 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 big guy. But he is someone that is he knows how to be a big man but can never do it right. This dude is not like Andre the Giant or he's not like the undertaker or um you know several other big men that i could think because at least when you have someone like that in the professional wrestling business they know how to work they know how to present themselves as a big man Omas is a big man but the thing is he has a lot to learn he you know he, he's you know he could do squash matches no problem against any other opponent and it's easy no problem but when you go up against someone like say uh, an AJ Styles and everything like that Omos can crush him but the problem is is that AJ can probably work through with Omos but then it'll be a horrible performance you know when you put AJ Styles versus Omos automatically the first thing that you'll say is oh my god this is a very uneven match and it's going to stink to join up and it's true so Omos has been placed in several matches where, you know, he has had several matches under his belt, matches that last for longer than about two minutes, three minutes perhaps. And now he's going to be at WrestleMania, but who his opponent, who his opponent will be, was unknown. Now, my first thought of his opponent was going to be Commander Z the guy that, uh, that hangs around with, um, what's that guy's name? Um, Apollo Crews, right? But then I started hearing the rumors and I started getting these reports that Bobby Lashley was coming back to challenge Omos at WrestleMania. Now, the last time we saw Bobby Lashley, he was in the Elimination Chamber match, and then after that, he was taken out by Seth Rollins. Now, in storyline-wise, he was taken out because of Seth Rollins. But in reality, in, in the real world, Bobby Lashley had suffered an injury right around the uh, Royal Rumble. Now, even though he won the WWE Championship at that time, he did suffer an injury. So, I, I know a lot of people have asked me, you know, then why did they why did they go ahead? if If Bobby Lashley had an injury at the Royal Rumble, why didn't they give the title to... Why didn't they just have Brock Lesnar go get the championship and win it, you know, just like that, instead of having to go through all these hoops? Well, the thing is, you have to understand, in this championship matchup, Bobby Lashley wasn't hurt. Now, after the match was over, it wasn't wasn't indicated that he was hurt, but it was brought to some people's attention that he was hurt. So you couldn't just take off the championship and just give it to Lesnar, like that. Now, if this was happening... During the match to say the referee was given a signal that, that Bobby Lashley's hurt, then Brock Lesnar would have beaten the championship and we would have already had a universal champion versus WWE championship match, but then, uh, but then everything would screw up and everything else like that. Because you have to keep in mind, the original plan that I remember was that Bobby Lashley, if he was still the WWE champion, he would have defended his championship against Seth Rollins at WrestleMania. That was going to be the original plan. But with Lashley being hurt, he had to relinquish the championship, and, it, and Brock Lesnar had to win an Elimination Chamber match, and that was the end of the story. Now, there were reports that Bobby Lashley was going to get a, a shoulder surgery done, and he was going to be out for the next few months. But now, the reports I had a few days ago were that Bobby Lashley, I guess, put off on the surgery... I think he, he is clear to compete. Um and that kind of that kind of raises a lot of people's questions, you know, uh because even though to me personally, if Lashley was really injured. I mean, if he was really injured, you could have at least just you know, it, it, you know, it, it's one of these one of these things that you could tell that WWE knew he was hurt, but also and another thing that you have to think about also and this is just me getting into deep deep thought here maybe there was a possibility that maybe Bobby Lashley had to relinquish the championship and hand it to Brock Lesnar to make this the most stupendous WrestleMania of all nobody thinks about it that way because they they want to go with what the reports tell them that's what they want to do i would rather i i wouldn't mind going with the reports that they say but sometimes your instincts tell you That, you know, something happened. And Bobby didn't just have to hand a championship all because of an injury. There was probably more to the story that nobody was telling. But anyways, so Bobby Lashley now is... He was reported to show up on Monday Night Raw. And he did. He showed up on Monday Night Raw. Omos has torn apart the entire... Well, not tore apart the entire roster. But he's been on a crusade taking on everyone in sight. So now Omos is putting his sights on Bobby Lashley. Bobby Lashley comes to the ring. He didn't have MVP in his side, which I kind of find that to be extremely interesting. So, now at WrestleMania, we get this co- co- the Colossus Omos to take on Bobby Lashley at WrestleMania. Now, who should win this match at WrestleMania is, is the big debate. I heard that, and I was hearing that Omos should be the one to win the match but you're going to have Omos beat the WWE the former WWE champion Bobby Lashley. You're going to beat you're going to have Omos beat the WWE your former WWE champion Bobby Lashley, a former MMA fighter, a former United States champion, a former Intercontinental champion. You're going to go ahead and just allow this man to lose to a big green guy and I'm I mean green in in the sense that I was talking about in Omos. Here's how you, here's how here's how you fix this whole thing. Omos who has been undefeated since last year's WrestleMania, he needs to lose. He has to lose. He, look. The thing is if you give Omos a win, it'll be it'll be like it'll be like the whole thing with um the Giant Gonzalez, the, the Giant Gonzalez and the Undertaker. Remember how, how that match went down at WrestleMania 9? And remember, uh, you know, there were so many mistakes in that match. I mean, I still remember watching that match with the Undertaker, uh, with the Undertaker and uh, the Giant Gonzalez. Giant Gonzalez was horrible. He was horrible in that match. And Undertaker, who was the more professional than he, than he was, knew the circumstances and knew what he had to do. So he had to win the match against the giant Gonzalez, so in this case, Bobby Lashley, who's a veteran who's a former champion, he should be the one to beat Omas. You don't want a guy like Omas to win over for uh, um, i'm sorry over a former world champion who just lost the w w e championship to me. If you want to elevate your stars, here's the thing. There's not enough big stars happening in the WWE right now. As far as I'm concerned, I think at WrestleMania, we'll get Omos. We'll get Omos to lose to Lashley. And if anything, this match this match will probably be about give or take, five, maybe ten minutes in the match, depending. Maybe, maybe less than ten minutes. I just want to see Lashley win at WrestleMania. I want that to happen, okay? Because if Omos wins, that's going to look bad for, for not just Bobby Lashley, but for the WWE themselves. And the fans are going to see that, too. They're going to see that, too. Listen, I'm glad Omos has got a match at WrestleMania, and I'm glad it's with it's up against a former champion. If this was Brock Lesnar, I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if this was up against Brock Lesnar... Number one, Brock Lesnar ain't going to put up with some shit like Omos. He's going to put him in his fucking place. And it's not one of those things, oh, well, Brock Lesnar has to tell somebody he has to win. No, Brock is more professional than Omos. Omos is a big man, and he needs to learn how to be a big man. And he needs to understand, in this business, it's not about winning or losing. It's about presentation. It's about showing that you're a monster And also showing that you're a menacing foe and if you got someone like Bobby Lashley if they allow you if someone like Bobby Lashley allows you to beat him in the middle of the ring convincingly then we will all say oh Omos is big Omos is badass Omos is monstrous he's gonna kill Bobby Lashley no all I see in this match is that at WrestleMania I'm going to see Bobby Lashley come in and kill Omos, which needs to happen. But if he can make Omos look good in the ring, and if Omos can look just as good, then I'll be convinced. But as far as I'm concerned at WrestleMania, Bobby Lashley is going to beat Omos. End of story. Nothing else to talk about but that. Bobby Lashley, almighty, beats the Colossus, Omos, at WrestleMania.
7: Bobby Lashley, quite the return to Monday Night Raw. Now you're headed to WrestleMania. Let me tell you, as I was in the ring, you emerged and Pittsburgh absolutely erupted. What was it about Omos that you felt the need to step in? You know, it was a good feeling coming back, you know. Um, sitting at home for the past few weeks, I sat and watched almost talk about destroying and dominating everybody on the roster. It's kind of piqued my curiosity. So, um, of course, for me to make my return I looked for the biggest son of a that I can go after. That's almost. Okay, WrestleMania, the biggest stage and the biggest, toughest person. That's who I want. Okay, so when the Almighty comes back, he comes back for the biggest challenge. And the biggest challenge is going to be this weekend for me at WrestleMania when I take the giant completely out. The grandest stage of them all. Bobby Lashley, you'll be part of it. Looking forward to it. Thanks for the time.
0: Looks like Bobby Lashley is getting ready to send Omos to the cleaners at WrestleMania, and it's all going to go down. Bobby Lashley, Omos, set for Sunday, April 3rd, at WrestleMania. We're all going to be looking forward to that. Now, we're getting closer and closer to the very last match for WrestleMania, and it all involves champion versus champion, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar. We're going to get into that conversation a little bit, but before we do, when the main event talk returns... It is another main event talk exclusive. We did WrestleMania 5 on part 1, and we did WrestleMania 17 on part 2. On this main event talk exclusive WrestleMania watch along, what match are we going to get into? Well, you'll find out when the main event talk returns. Okay, guys, this is a, another and final main event talk exclusive another Wrestlemania watch along and we're about to get into this in just a moment but before I get into it we have done already so far two Wrestlemania watch alongs now just in case you haven't all you gotta do is go over to part one and do the first watch along of Wrestlemania which was Wrestlemania 5 the mega powers explode the macho man Randy Savage taking on Hulk Hogan for the WWF championship and then part 2 this one consists of WrestleMania 17 Stone Cold Steve Austin versus The Rock for the WWF Championship WrestleMania 17 and now we're about to get into one more WrestleMania now this one is a pretty unique WrestleMania considering the circumstances behind it now this WrestleMania, it was, it was tough to choose because these two individuals have faced off against each other. And as a matter of fact, these same two individuals has, fa- has faced off against each other at WrestleMania 17. Now, I think you guys have an idea of what the next WrestleMania Watch Along will be. Now, just in case you don't, I'll give you one hint. One hint, just get it out of the way. Oh, let me, well, I'll play with what I gotta play and everything else like that, and then we'll get everything all set. Now, before I play, I'll give you one last hint. One is gonna be inducted into 2022 Hall of Fame, and another is also inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, but it was in the class of 2019, and this man recently retired Just last week And I think you guys have an idea Of who it is Now just in case you don't And just in case you're wondering What Wrestlemania match we're going to be watching Maybe this promo Can help
1: of my hand because i've been made a special referee much as sean's ego wants this to be about him it's not i am gonna end the undertaker i am gonna end the streak i am gonna end an era everything i've been through i been for one moment
6: wrestlemania your mind Your body, your soul, all this. Are you willing to put it
7: all on the line? I am.
0: And I will. Well, guys, you just got the hint right there. And that is the match we're going to watch on the WrestleMania Watch Along. One of my all-time favorite matches from... As a matter of fact, and and just to reiterate on something here, it was over, boy, as a matter of fact, it was, let's see, 10 years ago when this match took place, And, and it's crazy that we have to think about this match to this day. The Undertaker versus Triple H with Shawn Michaels as a special guest referee. Now, the thing I remember the most, besides the match itself and everything in the promo that was all set, was the fact that I had almost all of my friends at my house checking out this match. Everyone from, uh, I believe Hector was here at my house, Uh, Antoine was here at my house, Uh, Roman uh, was at my house, pretty much everyone came over to my house to check out Wrestlemania 28 as it happens. Now, even though Wrestlemania was set on john cena versus the rock the first time ever between these two it was also talked about with the hell in a cell match between triple h and the undertaker with Shawn michaels special guest referee so this is going to be one of my all-time favorite matches so now what i've done here right now is everything's all set everything's all ready to go so if you go to your peacocks right now if you are uh well, if you have everything all set, what you do is you go to WrestleMania, you look for the WrestleMania section on your Peacock or on your WWE Network, however you want to put it, and you set the time for 56 minutes and 49 seconds, okay? That's the that's the time you got to look for, look for WrestleMania 28, set your clock uh set it on 56 minutes and 49 seconds. Now, I'm going to be silent for a moment. I'm going to give you a 10-second silence for a moment. And then hopefully you guys will get it all set. And then we'll, we will be prepared for the match. Hell in a Cell, Triple H versus versus The Undertaker. With Shawn Michaels, a special guest referee. I'm going to be silent for about 10 seconds starting now. Okay, the 10 second silence is officially over. You guys probably got it all set on your WWE networks and on your peacocks. If you got it set, it should be set at WrestleMania 28. It will say uh it'll say season 28, episode 1. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. But, anyways, once again set on 56 minutes and 49 seconds. All of us are gonna be watching WrestleMania 28, the Hell in a Cell match, Triple H versus The Undertaker, Shawn Michaels, a special guest referee. On the count of five, and once I say press play now, you press play now. Here we go. In five, four, three, two, one, press play now. Okay, here we go. Okay, now, uh, the fireworks are being popped up as we speak, uh, they just announced the attendance record for Wrestlemania, uh, I believe it was at, uh, 67,000, I think that was the crowd attendance, uh, that happened at Wrestlemania, this was one of my all-time favorite Wrestlemania matches of all, because of the significance behind it, this was a... A tremendous event I, I remember um, long before the main event had the WWE Network and long before I had the internet we had this thing called Time Warner Cable and I went ahead and uh, I did this stuff where I would go ahead and connect my television one on the outside and one on the inside now as you're watching this right now here comes good old JR Jim Ross one of the greatest professional wrestler commentators commentators in the history of WWE and it is only appropriate that JR would commentate this match between these three competitors and you know I got to say I was excited for this matchup and at the time there were several matches that happened before then and I remember you know as soon as this match was about to start here comes you know uh, I think Hector had already shown up at the time best drummer on the planet John Lunar shown up at the time Roman was here Mark Anthony was here my brother's friends were so pretty much everybody was here Everybody was here to obviously check out John Cena versus The Rock at um, at WrestleMania, but they all wanted to see Triple H versus The Undertaker, Hell in a Cell with Shawn Michaels as the special guest referee. Now there's Jerry the King Lawler, there's Michael Cole in the middle right there, and Jr. You couldn't pick a better broadcasting team to do this match if you could, you know. One of the thi- one of the things as we're getting into the whole thing, we're just watching this whole thing as it's going along right now. Um, the thing I remember the most about this was the fact that I made this prediction a long time ago when they did the first. Here comes Shawn Michaels right now, <laughs> man. And Shawn Michaels he still had the long hair at the time and everything, and, he, and Shawn Michaels still still looks like he can go right there. <laughs> This, uh, this, like I said, this took place over in Miami, Florida. Um, it was April 1st of 2012, uh, and, and like I said, it was over uh, over 10 years ago when this uh, event took place, and it's still one of my all-time favorite matches of all time. The prediction I made years ago was the fact that um, after WrestleMania 27, when The Undertaker and Triple H had their match, it was a great match, and The Undertaker had won his match, but he was Beating, He was beating the hell out of He was, I mean, I still remember when they carted him out, and it was just one of the most insane things that happened. So I made this prediction in, in around 2011 when this happened. The prediction was, and I quote, that there's going to be a rematch between The Undertaker and Triple H. Now, if they do that, if they do that, they need to go above and beyond. And I'm not talking no holds barred. I'm not even talking... Um, uh, like a, a last man standing match. I'm not even talking um what's the other one that I'm thinking about. Uh I'm not even talking a steel cage match. I'm talking something that these two can do. Something that these two are well known for. And Hell in a cell was the prediction. Hell in a cell was the prediction I made in 2011 about 1 year when that happens. All of a sudden, 1 year later comes around. Here's February. Uh Triple H didn't want to accept the challenge from The Undertaker for WrestleMania. And then all of a sudden he accepted, but then he had a stipulation to it. And the stipulation was hell in the cell. And my and my first thought was boom. And I even I even posted it on Facebook years ago, right? I, I put it out there and I made the prediction. I made the prediction. It happened. It came true. This is the reason why I'm the biggest wrestling fan in the world. I know my shit. All these so-called wrestling fans can kiss my fucking ass. I don't care. <laughs> Shawn Michaels right there was praising Jr. right there, and, and and it was so good. I mean, I love how this went down. You know, having having Michael Cole, Jr. and Jerry the King Lawler do the commentary. Shawn Michaels is special guest referee. Now, I didn't predict Shawn would be involved, but once he was, it was a it was pretty much a chronicle story in this match. Here comes Triple H right now. Coming down the aisle, uh, and he's coming out in this Castle Grayskull type, and and it looks like it looks like that. Well, the first thing I remember when I saw that was my God! It's Castle Grayskull, dude! Fucking Skeletor's coming out. So, you know, Triple H coming out, he is in physical. He was in great, great shape and everything. This was just so amazing when I'm watching this match and everything. And this was a part of a, a, a part of WWE that we'll never ever see again. You know, in this deal, you know, and and, and, it, and it's just sad that Triple H had to retire, uh, the, you know, the way he did. But when I'm watching this match, when I'm seeing it, I, you know, I'm not thinking about it. I'm just thinking about the way this was all set. Triple H, you know, you can see the fireworks popping up all around and everything. You can see the Hell in the Cell right there, right above it. It is incredible. It is so awesome to look at. You know, I still remember, you know, Triple H's music the the game for Motorhead, you know, still one of the most one of the most iconic theme songs in the history of pro wrestling, and you you just can't get over it. Then and there's the the spit and everything else like that. I do that every single time. I swear to God, I do this at like and and this is the truth. I and I've done this several times before. I would go ahead and I would brush my teeth. Right, I would brush my teeth. And I would put the mouthwash on, right? But you know what I would do? I would go outside, right? I would still have the mouthwash going. I would let some out. And then I would pick my head up and I would do the whole Triple H spit. My brother and his friends and everybody would freak out. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Dude, I'm I'm Triple H, dude. (laughs) It's the coolest thing and everything else like that. Now, we're, we're just getting into this whole thing right now. Shawn Michaels has already made his entrance and Triple H is in there. My God, Triple H is in phenomenal shape. I mean, this was this was ten years ago when this match took place. Man, I, you know, it, I I love watching these classic matchups. You know, I still remember when we we had uh, when we had the television set. We had the television set inside, and then I did this deal where I could connect. You know, slice up from. From the television set on the inside, and then set one of my uh, uh, high definition TVs, one of my plasma TVs on the outside, so that way we can check out WrestleMania not only outside, but we could check it out inside as well. You know, we do that for WrestleMania, we do that for the boxing, we do that for, you know, the UFCs and everything. It's incredible. We do that all the time. And now comes the entrance of The Undertaker. Man it is so incredible now and it is still the most eerie sight when you when you see this match the most eerie sight that you'll ever see in the history of pro wrestling there will never be anybody like the undertaker i can't wait i can't wait for the hall of fame this sat this friday it's gonna be great i'm hoping that uh you know and and i and i'm mentioning this right now um uh, my brother's going to do the whole barbecue thing. Uh, we plan on barbecuing on Saturday, and then we're going to drink some beer on Sunday. And I've already asked for Monday off, so I can't wait for that. Because <laughs> I, uh, I I guarantee this right now. I'm going to drink Friday. I'm going to drink Saturday. I'm going to drink Sunday. I'm going to be dead on Monday wake up on Tuesday. <laughs> That's the whole platform. And look at The Undertaker. And I love every single time... You know Triple H comes out doing all sorts of different stuff that he does at WrestleMania. What about the Undertaker? The Undertaker comes out in all of these different formations. The Undertaker is never in the same outfit, which is awesome. You know when you see the traditional, the the trench coat and the and the hat and everything, that's cool. And then you see the American badass come out. You know we we did the whole Limb Biscuit song on uh, on the last episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast WrestleMania weekend, fiery. You know, this is just one of the most all-inspiring entrances, and and you just you're just in awe by this. Triple H is not intimidated; he's just looking at this, and you know, every time when an opponent steps up into the ring against the Undertaker, you know, some you know get these chills up and down their spine when they see the undertaker come in. And it's not it's not one of these things that they're just going to say it because they can. It's because it's real. It feels real. It feels right, you know? Undertaker making that slow walk to the ring like he always does and it's a long way down. I mean, this took place over in uh Uh, It's in Miami, Florida. I believe is at the Sunshine State. I think uh, the Sunshine Dome. I think that's what the place was in Miami, Florida. Now, just to give you guys an idea, this was the same event. Not just John Cena versus The Rock. This also featured CM Punk versus uh, Chris Jericho for the WWF Championship or WWE Championship. I'm sorry. Uh, Randy Orton took on Kane. I believe uh, there was a Raw versus SmackDown involved in this one as well. Uh, there were several good matches that happened at WrestleMania. As a matter of fact, um, Sheamus had beat Daniel Bryan in over, I think it was thirteen or twelve seconds. I think uh, you remember when Daniel Bryan went ahead and you know kissed AJ Lee. And then as soon as he kissed AJ Lee, he turns around, and the Sheamus goes ahead and kicks him right in the face, lays him out one, two, three, he becomes a new world heavyweight champion. Like that. <laughs> it's just incredible. So I'm watching I'm still watching this right now. Undertaker is already, you know, come he's already at the ring right now. Fireworks popping, Triple H in the ring, staring right at the Undertaker as he walks in. Now, the thing about and and just to kind of remember a couple of things, you'll notice that The Undertaker has a hoodie on. And we all were under the assumption that The Undertaker had already cut his hair. And he had already done it way, way early and everything. We all assumed that he was still having the long hair. Now, this is the here's the big unveiling. The Undertaker pulls back the hoodie and, wow, The Undertaker comes out completely different. I mean, I was so used to seeing the long hair... I was so used to seeing the intimidation factor with The Undertaker, but he has this creepy-looking mohawk, and look just look at The Undertaker. Has that mean look on his face, and man, and all of us were in awe, like, what the hell happened to his hair? Undertaker staring right through at Triple H, Triple H staring right there with him, Shawn Michaels on the side right there. Man, it's just so cool. Three WrestleMania legends right there in the ring. Triple H exchanging a few words to the Undertaker. Undertaker not saying a word. Man, this is so cool. And we had three and we had three different entrances, but then there was one more. Undertaker both looking up, Triple H looking up, Shawn Michaels looking up, and then you won't hear it, but you'll hear the song from Metallica. The memory remains. And when I hear that song, it's like, my fucking God, they played that song. And all of us were jamming out to it as soon as it came out. You know, Hector was jamming to it. Under uh, Roman was jamming to it. We were just all, you know, all of us were drinking beer and checking. I think let's see, like I said, uh, Hector was there, Luna was there, Roman was there. Uh, I think Jeremy was there, Antoine was there. All of us were there. Uh, several of my brother's friends were there. My family members were checking this out. This was incredible, and the hell in the cell itself was incredible as well. This this hell in cell. Is and this is the this is the hell in the cell I miss. Okay. Can we get this hell in the cell back, please? I don't want to see the red hell in the cell. I want to see that hell in the cell, please. Okay, make it regular Okay, with mashed potatoes on top, please. I appreciate it. Thank you very much This is incredible So the cell is being brought down Undertaker looking face-to-face to Triple H once again and I believe they locked it up right here. Of all the Hell in the Cell matches I'd love to see, i like watching this match. And Shawn Michaels is ringing the bell, and we are on our way. Undertaker going to the corner, Triple H going to the corner, and they go right to it. Exchanging blows left and right undertaker and and as they keep saying every single time uh, I can see I can almost hear JR talking right now the best pure striker in the history of the WWE and he is I mean the undertaker when he when he lays those right hands on you they hurt and that's what I and you know what and and, and let me make a comment about this I know the I know some people have been making some criticisms about the undertaker the fact that he he he's someone that says that that the that the uh, the, the new talent the new school they 're not hungry enough, and all this other stuff, and people are giving giving shit about the undertaker for it. Listen to all of you fucking pro wrestling so called pro wrestling fans listen wrestling doesn 't have to be about high dives and they, it doesn 't have to be about steel chairs and all this other fucking bullshit it needs to be It needs to be about two men two grown ass men competing one on one for a championship and everything else like that and just what i 'm looking at right here i 'm looking at three. Yes, count of 3 grown ass men inside Hell in the Cell. And you don't need to go through 95 dives to get to this point, all right? Just because the Undertaker grew grew up old school and just because he's well respected, you want to go ahead and criticize. I saw that whole shit with the young bucks. Fuck them. I rather I mean, that's why I rather like I rather like teams like FTR and the Usos and the Street Profits and the Briscoes, because at least those are grown-ass men. They know how to, they know how to be wrestlers. They look like wrestlers. Like these guys look. Triple H. And this is the thing I like. Triple H is not using any sort of steel chairs. Well, he won't use it till later on, but he's using the steel, the steel, as a weapon, just like the Undertaker's using it. Shawn Michaels trying to keep the try, pretty much trying to keep the peace here. The only thing Shawn Michaels has to do is you know, be there for the pinfall or submission. Right now the Undertaker is picking up Triple H. Oh, headbutt right there on, on Triple H. And it's not often I get a chance to see that. And man, multiple headbutts on Triple H. Undertaker slowly, methodically. You know, dissecting his opponent. He's done that for so many years. Unbelievable watching this. Oh. And like I said before, The Undertaker, you know, like any steel cage match, you have to use the steel cage as your weapon. And that's exactly thats exactly what the old school is supposed to teach you. When you're inside that steel cage, you use that. You use that weapon at all costs. Undertaker throwing those right hands at Triple H, ooh, hitting that chop and choking, choking the hell out of Triple H right there. And as good old JR would say, it's legal as a headlock, and it's true, especially when it's hell in the cell. I like the pace of how this match goes. Shawn Michaels is trying to look into the does oh. Right there, you see the Undertaker shoving, shoving Shawn Michaels. Who's the referee involved? And Shawn didn't like that. <laughs> oh, this is what I like. This is exactly what I like. You use the steel cage to your advantage. You use it as a weapon against your opponent. You don't have to use ninety-five chairs to use against your opponent just to excite the fans. Beat the living shit out of your opponent. Don't treat it like a fucking clown show. Give me a fucking break. This is what I like to see. I like to see two grown-ass men beat the shit out of each other. Undertaker ramming Triple H right to the steel steps right there. Triple H in excruciating pain right now. And Undertaker, he's going to try and take apart those steps right there. They're actually connected together right there. You look at it. Shawn Michaels trying to stay away as far as he can. And Triple H is thrown right back into the ring and Undertaker follows. So all three men are in the ring right now. Irish whip coming in. Oh, and Triple H coming in nailing with the right hand. Taking advantage, getting right to the Undertaker. Undertaker reverses. Oh, highly Race knee. Oh, but it didn't affect. It didn't affect the Undertaker. Oh, big clothesline right on Triple H. <coughs> <coughs> this is classic Undertaker. They're showing a wide shot of the Hell in the Cell, and it's just you know so big and so tremendous to look at. Shoulder blocked by the Undertaker and. Undertaker holding on to Triple H's arm right now. Boom. Undertaker twisting the arm of Triple H. And you can tell once he does that, yep, he's going to the corner. Fixing to go old school here, guys. Going to the top rope. Undertaker walking those steps. And bam! Forearm right on top of Triple H. Classic Undertaker. I swear you'll never see another superstar do that better than The Undertaker. And I know there's some modern day wrestling morons that are saying, Oh well, I know some guys who could do it better. Now fuck you, they can't do it better than the Undertaker and kiss my fucking ass. Grow up first before you decide to enter my wrestling ring, okay? Please. So as I'm watching this, the Undertaker he he has one of those steps and OH now I know some people are going to tell me, "Well, he's using a steel, he's using a steel chair or steel steps or whatever,, or, you know, and yet we can't use steel chairs. The point of that is, look, you don't need 95 chairs. You just need what's presented to you right now. What's presented is a couple of steel steps right now. An undertaker's using it to his advantage. Undertaker bringing in that that steel step inside the ring. Triple H is inside the ring. Undertaker trying to pull him outside the ring, halfway out. And this is vintage under Vinic Undertaker right there. Foot right to the head, and the Undertaker. And it looks like he's about to do a leg drop right here. And he does this all the time, and he does it, he does it extremely well. Right at the corner, Undertaker fixing to do is. Patented leg drop on Triple H. Oh! As Michael Cole would say, vintage Undertaker. (laughs) Shawn Michaels is checking up on him right now. Undertaker just keeping the pace to his advantage right now. Coming into the ring. They're showing a replay of that leg drop again. Ooh, and a DDT. <laughs> Triple H nailed that DDT, and the Undertaker is down. Shawn Michaels. Now, he's not going to count in this one. I mean, this is hell in the cell. There's no disqualification. Anything goes at this point right now. And Triple H, ooh. Well, it <laughs> looks like the Undertaker's going to regret bringing those steps in, huh? <laughs> Undertaker taking his head right to those steel steps inside the ring. And again. Now at the point of the match, no one has bleed just yet. And usually in a, in a match like this, somebody has to bleed. But I know it's wrong. Oh. He was about to put the pedigree, but, oh, backdrop. A real high backdrop right on top of those steps. Yeah, normally, I mean, and, you know, in the WWF, you're, you're, in WWE, you're really not supposed to bleed, but in a steel cage match, why not? I don't mind seeing blood in wrestling. That's what makes it so good. Undertaker throwing in those strikes, and it looks like he's trying to bust open Triple H. And any anytime, anytime when I see right hands like that done by the Undertaker. I usually would have to see, like, you know, someone's head getting cut open or something like that. Undertaker striking his head. Striking Triple H's head in the steel steps right there. Another strike on the Undertaker. Slowly trying to... Going up against the ropes and... Oh! Oh! Double H spine on that steel chair. Now, yep, there it is. Triple H is cut open right there. That's exactly how it's supposed to be done. Oh, Hell's Gate! Undertaker's got the Hellgate submission right there on right there on Triple H as Shawn Michaels is trying to keep it. Now, from the looks of it. Undertaker's got Hell's Gate, but Triple H picks him up and, oh, crashes down upon the ring. Going for the pinfall, one, two, and the Undertaker kicks out. And as you can tell, Triple H has been cut open right here. Uh, Undertaker gets hit with that double-A spine buster on top of that steel step. And then right after that, as under, uh, they're showing another replay where the Undertaker's got the Hell's Gate on and then Triple H picks him up and then drops him. Now this is where and 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 uh, I I mentioned, you know, you don't need 95 steel steel chairs, but in this case, it is Hell in the Cell, And you got to use whatever weapon you can. There's two steel chairs and already I'm already hearing the wrestling the modern day wrestling morons saying, "Oh, well, they're using steel chair too." Yeah, but they know how to use steel chairs, you fucking morons. Triple H is going to do exactly what he did to The Undertaker at WrestleMania 27. Beat the living shit out of him. And right there, you know, Triple H, he's cut right above the eye. Now, he's not bleeding profusely, but I think the bleeding had stopped right there. Yeah, still still seeing kind of, you know, some blood right above the eye right there. Oh, Triple H picked up the steel steps and rammed The Undertaker to it and Steel steps are dropping, he just threw the steps right on the outside. Man, that shit's got to weigh a ton, at least. Triple H is going to take the steel chair and. Oh! And I still remember when I watched The Undertaker versus Triple H at WrestleMania from WrestleMania 27, how hard those steel, st- those steel chair shots were. I mean, they were loud. I mean, they. They hurt. They really hurt. You you know people can say, hey hey, that wrestling's fake. Uh-uh. Not not while well you got somebody like the Undertaker and Triple H hitting you with steel chairs that fucking hard. And Triple H is beating the shit out of the Undertaker. You can almost see that chair bent in half. Shawn Michaels trying to stop him. And Triple H is still beating the hell out of the Undertaker and Shawn Michaels trying to stop him. Man, and I'm just looking at, oh, I still remember how hard those shots were. So Shawn Michaels takes the, uh, takes the steel chair away from him, and Triple H is instructing him and telling him, you know, if you don't end it, I will. And Shawn Michaels is telling him, you know he's not going to quit. Just finish it, just finish it. You can almost hear, and I still remember how Shawn Michaels was saying that, and Shawn Michaels was trying to ask the Undertaker if he wants to give up. Undertaker is just you know just saying no. Shawn Michaels being pulled out of the way by Triple H, and again with those steel steel chair shots. That look of agony agony on his face. Triple H is telling Shawn Michaels, "You tell him, or I will. You end it." Shawn Michaels trying to tell Undertaker, and Undertaker said, "Don't stop it. Don't stop it." Do not stop it. I remember those words kind of well. I can, You know, and Triple H is just telling him, Stay down! Stay down! What's wrong with you? Undertaker trying to get up, and Triple H got that steel chair ready, and oh! Nailed him right in the gut. Oh! Right on the back once again. Triple H about to cover. Shawn Michaels braided to pin one, two. No! Oh, no, no, no. It's not over yet, guys. Not over yet. Once again, Triple H is just... (laughs) And Shawn Michaels is just trying to stop him. And he goes for another steel chair. Now, Triple H right now, is he's not bleeding as bad as it looks right now. I mean, it's, you, know, you can still see that cut right above the eye. Shawn Michaels is still trying to, you know, ask The Undertaker if he wants to quit. And Undertaker just saying, no, don't stop the match. Don't stop the match. And Triple H is on the outside right now. And my first instincts tells me he's going to go for Old Faithful. And he goes under the ring. And what does he find? Oh, yeah. He finds Old Faithful. In a form of a sledgehammer, and Shawn Michaels goes right to him and says, "What are you doing? No, you don't have to do this." And Triple H is all, "You end this. I'm tired of this fucking shit. You end it, or I will." I don't think he really said shit, but you know, Undertaker slowly trying to get up. Shawn Michaels is telling the under telling Triple H, "Don't use it. Don't use it. Come on, let me please ring. Let me ring the bell." Shawn Michaels is telling him, "Please re- let me ring the bell. Please let me ring the bell." Undertaker say nah, nah hell no. Oh Undertaker used that sledgehammer, nailed the Undertaker, one, two, oh and even after a sledgehammer shot, he still kicked out. I remember being off the edge of my seat seeing that like, God damn, he just took a sledgehammer shot. That should have been did. That should have been done. Oh, my God. Oh, showing the replay of that. And Shawn Michaels is trying to pull away. And oh, was that Triple H about to take his head off? Oh, and Shawn Shawn just took the sledgehammer away. He was about to nail him in the head with that sledgehammer right there. Through the sledgehammer out. You ask him. She's he's yelling at him you ask him or i will end it end it now <laughs> still remember he keeps screaming his head off you know and Shawn michael's trying to make a decision whether he should ring the bell now or ask the undertaker if he wants to continue and you can almost like you can see sean he's trying to he wants to ring the bell but he can't do it he can't So once again, Shawn Michaels goes right to the Undertaker and is, you know, just trying to ask him. And he wants to ring the bell, but he can't do it. You know, he's at Triple H is just, you know, still screaming at him. Just end it. End it now. Undertaker and oh, oh, man. And this is where it gets interesting. So Undertaker puts the hell hell gates on Shawn Michaels. And he's like, what the hell What's going on? Let me go. And then Triple H, oh, takes a sledgehammer right to the Undertaker as Shawn Michaels is out. And right now, Triple H is the only man standing right now holding onto a sledgehammer. And he's pulling. He's checking on Shawn Michaels, seeing if he's okay. And. Man, this is just incredible. I mean, we were all on the edge of our seat. Triple H is about to take that. Oh! Undertaker nails him right in the nuts right there, and then oh now he applies the Hell's Gate to Triple H Now this is exactly what happened at um, at the last WrestleMania where Triple H um, Undertaker got Triple H in the um, in the Hell's Gate He tried to pick up the sledgehammer and he slowly was fading away and and it's pretty much a repeat all over again Right now, Triple H is trying to pick him up. And Undertaker just, you know, Triple H is just fading. And and just like what happened at WrestleMania 27. Oh, man. Now Triple... Oh, man. Triple H is out. But Shawn Michaels is completely out. He hasn't moved yet. Triple H is laid out right now. Can't do a damn thing. Sledgehammer right next to him. And Shawn Michaels. All three men are out at this point. You could almost and oh and <laughs> I forgot. Charles Robinson. Charles Robinson, the other referee, came in, was trying to unlock unlock the cage, right? The first thing I said was, Oh, come on! We don't need another referee. No! What the hell are you doing? And my, my first instincts was gonna tell me is. He's gonna get choke slam. Oh, and speaking of that, choke slam. Triple H puts the. gets a choke slam by the Undertaker. One, two, oh! Triple H kicks out, and Charles Robinson is a referee in this match, ladies and gentlemen. I, st- I, I, I still remember when I watched this match, I saw Charles Robinson. I said, dude, Charles, you need to get out of there. You need to leave now. You're gonna get your ass kicked somehow to get out of the match. And the Undertaker is. Pretty much arguing with Charles Robinson, and oh, and I said, "Out ah, there we go!" I remember having my beer in my hand. See you later, Charles. Goodbye. Choke slam, Charles Robinson, and I said, "Told you, fucker! You supposed to drink my beer." I immediately said, "Hey, Charles Robinson, get get out of the match. Get get choke slam. Boom!" I'm never wrong about what I say, folks. Never. But what about that time? No, I'm never wrong. Shut up! Don't say a word. Big white. <laughs> <coughs> Triple H getting up right now, and The Undertaker's fixing to set up the tombstone. Oh, sweet chin music. The referee's not supposed to do that, Triple H. Oh, sweet chin music and a pedigree, and Sean covers one, two. Oh, oh my God, we thought the streak was over. No, it's not. The streak lives. I still remember JR the Streak Lives, the Streak Lives. <laughs> oh, Shawn Michaels trying to fuck things up and oh man. <laughs> oh my god, I still remember my the living room in my house. Everybody was jumping out of their seat every time when they saw that. So they're showing the replay right here. He gets he, Shawn Michaels hits him with the Sweet Chin Music, Triple H hits the Undertaker with a Pedigree. Is about to cover him. 1 Two and then he kicks out and I'm like, oh my god, this was incredible. I I was just like out of my out of my chair when this whole shit was going on. <laughs> it was incredible. Undertaker down. Shawn Michaels is. I mean, and Sean Michaels trying to hold Triple H back while he's got that sledgehammer in his hand, and oh, now he, now he throws Shawn Michaels out of the way. Damn. Oh, and the Undertaker sits up. He's about to beat somebody's ass. It's going to be Triple H. Boot to the face. Right hands by the Undertaker on Triple H. This is incredible. This is what I love about watching this match. This is cool. Oh, man. Undertaker hits Snake Eyes on Triple H. Go to the corner. Boom! Boot to the face of Triple H. Leg drop. Undertaker laying a leg drop on Triple H. Triple H stands up. He's fixing to hit the Tombstone pile driver, and... Oh! It's about to be over right here, right now. One, two... No! Oh my God, look at the look on The Undertaker's face. He's like, are you fucking kidding me? I mean, even I was like, oh, come on, are you fucking kidding me? I remember screaming my l- lungs out. All- oh come on! This match has to be over right now. God damn it! You know, and I, I was out of my bear. Like give me another bear. God damn it! Give me. <laughs> oh my god! And Shawn Michaels in the corner, like God dang! He looks like he's about to cry. There's no crying in wrestling. What the hell's the matter with you? <laughs> oh, and I see Triple H. right... Oh, the Undertaker just pulling pulling Triple H's hair. Like what the hell? Like what are you doing? He's like. Wake up, dude. We come on. We we got to keep going. We got to get this. <laughs> We got to get this match going. Uh, Triple H is bleeding right now. Undertaker trying to pick him up. Oh, headbutt right to the temple of the game. Shawn Michaels in the corner just in awe because this I mean, each man was kicking out and didn't know what to do in these these right-hand exchange and I like this. This was good. This was good. I, that, and I know I know that some modern day wrestling fans, well, they do that too. Yeah, but this is done correctly. This is done correctly. Look at that. Undertaker, fu- you know, getting hit with those right hands by Triple H. Another right hand by the Undertaker. Triple H hits it back. Back and forth they go. Man, it's like two boxers going at it. Hitting each other in the face. Undertaker going to the ropes. Oh, Triple H. Another right hand. Man, Undertaker all wobbly legs and everything. Triple H goes to the ropes. Oh! Looked like he was about to hit the tombstone. Pedigree time. Oh! Now, second pedigree of the night. One, two, oh! Still kicked out. Man, you should see that crowd over Miami. They were they were with this match all the way. They were with this match all the way. And Shawn Michaels, just that look on his face, he cannot believe, as a big shout shout of the crowd right there. Hey, you can almost see an empty empty section right there the, <laughs> in the crowd. Damn. I think this is when the crowd was chanting, This is awesome. And it and it is. It's, This is as awesome as it could possibly get. Shawn Michaels exhausted. Triple H exhausted. Undertaker exhausted. I'm exhausted just watching this match. (laughs) Incredible. Undertaker sitting up. Triple H trying to stand up. Triple H walking over to the Walking over to the sledgehammer, trying to get it. He got it. And you can tell Triple H is... He's exhausted, but he's not done. And The Undertaker, on the other side, picking up a steel chair. Both men with a weapon of their choice in their hands right now. Shawn Michaels looking at both men with weapons in their hands right now. And, oh... The Undertaker puts a foot on the sledgehammer. Undertaker looking down at him and say, uh uh-uh, uh, hell no. Boom! So Triple H had kept nailing the Undertaker with those steel chair shots. And as the old expression goes, payback's a bitch. Undertaker laying in all those chair shots at Triple H, just like the Undertaker, just like what Triple H did to the Undertaker and that chair looks like it's almost bent in half. Oh. And Shawn Michaels noticed Shawn Michaels didn't try to stop him. He's he's trying to stop him but like he ain't going to have none of that. Nah. Undertaker's looking at him like don't even think about it. And and Shawn Michaels you could tell that that look on his face right there just says it all. His career ended at the hands of the Undertaker several WrestleManias ago. And now he's just, he's seen this once again before his eyes. Triple H getting hit again with that steel chair. Oh, again. Oh, oh, look at that chair. And Shawn Michaels is just telling him, no, come on, that's enough, dude. That's enough. That's enough, dude. Come on. And he threw that steel chair out. He tries to cover him. One, two. Ugh. I remember this one part where I think he screamed at The Undertaker, and then Undertaker was just telling him, stop! Triple H is trying to come to Shawn Michaels, and... Man, just look at The Undertaker. He's just completely exhausted. I'm hoping we have enough time Because we're we're almost at the end of this match right here So <clears throat> The Undertaker Triple H is Got the sledgehammer in his hand He's in the corner right now Undertaker Looking right at Right at Triple H You know You know this is This is about to come to an end and, and Triple H, he's just Undertaker's all now, man. This is over. You're done. And Triple H tries to get the sledgehammer, and Undertaker said, "Nah, nah, you're you're done, dude. You're fi- you're done. You're finished." And Triple H just pushed him aside, and said, "Nah, no, fuck you, dude." Triple H, just that look on his face, just just screams out, you know, "Nah, no, fuck you, dude." You want my ass, you beat my ass, and then he does this right here. The classic DX chop and oh Undertaker nails him with the with the sledgehammer, throws the sledgehammer out. Shawn Michaels just turning back. He's in the corner right now. He already knows what awaits his fate right now. Shawn Michaels just turning his back and Undertaker looking down upon Triple H. Undertaker taking the straps off right now Looks like the demon of Death Valley is about to take another soul with him Undertaker is just looking like uh uh-uh Oh That's it Undertaker picks up Triple H And he's about to lay in another oh tombstone once again Shawn Michaels is ready. Undertaker covers him. One, two, three. That was it. My god, this was exhausting. <laughs> <coughs> oh, this is another long main event talk exclusive, folks, but my god, I'm I'm glad I watched this match. This was just incredible to watch. Twenty and 0 20-0 right here. Both men are completely exhausted from this match. Shawn Michaels just looking at both men. This this is incredible. This is just so incredible to watch. I love this match. This this is this is definitely one of my all-time favorite matches. I mean, I still remember. You know, all of us were watching this match. We we were glad it was over, but we were. Like, this was, my God. Undertaker is trying to sit up. And if you look closely, if you look closely, right in the back of The Undertaker, you'll see the, uh, the welts in his back. You'll see the marks right there on his, on his body. And he went, he went through hell. He went through a war. This was just, man. <clears throat> I love watching this match. It, it, you know, it just... I, I never get tired of this match. Never. I mean, it, it's just one of my all-time favorite matches at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels looking down upon the uh, uh, Triple H right now. Seeing how he's doing right now. And Shawn going right to The Undertaker. Undertaker slowly trying to get up. And I think you see Shawn Michaels now. And I think he's fixing to raise his hand now, so... Sean looking right at The Undertaker, extending his hand, picks up The Undertaker, and you can hear that crowd, you can, you can hear them all, all of them standing at attention, you know, all, all clapping their hands, because this was, this was one hell of a match. still watching this match right now you know we're and you know we're we're almost going to end this but i i just want to keep watching this because this is just incredible Shawn michael raises triple h's hand uh i uh, raise it undertaker's hand i'm sorry i said i said triple h and I? <laughs> sorry it it's just nuts right now man undertaker standing up like this i mean the last WrestleMania I looked at, uh, when when Undertaker won the one at WrestleMania 27, man, that was pretty incredible too. But the Undertaker, even though he won the match, he was carted out. I mean, Triple H l- literally laid him out. Laid him out like you wouldn't believe. The Undertaker doing his pose, fireworks coming all around, showing the... The 20-0 and 0 streak. Streak continues on. It was incredible. Everybody was on their feet for this match. Everybody. And even, even at my house, you know, um, it was just incredible. I mean, everybody was just... They were all exhausted. They all loved this match. And they all couldn't get enough of it. And and this match, it wasn't just about... Two men competing against each other. It was was virtually the end of an era. And that's what it was called. The end of an era. You know? And these were two... These were three of the greatest Wrestlemania legends in the history of WWE, Shawn Michaels, The Undertaker, and Triple H. It's incredible. And I'm still watching this right now, and uh, we're we're almost at the end of this right now, so I'm probably going to cut it off in just a moment, but there's this one part that I want to see before I cut it off right now. Shawn Michaels right there with Triple H, and Undertaker's can barely stand right now, but he's trying to stand as much as he can. So, so we're, we're almost at the end of the segment right now, and uh, this next part right here, Shawn Michaels and The Undertaker <clears throat> picking up Triple H, who is down... And the crowd went nuts right here. It was clapping and it was incredible. And I I remember the last words that JR said at the end was, that right there, ladies and gentlemen, is respect. So that's going to do it, guys. Uh, We hope you have enjoyed this WrestleMania watch along. Check out out WrestleMania 28 and check out WrestleMania 5 and others. We're going to end it right here, right now. Thanks, guys. And uh, we're not done yet. Be ready. Well, that was one exhausting, exhausting main event talk exclusive. We hope you guys have enjoyed that, and um, you know, and and you know, just to reiterate, because there was a part, uh, there was a part there that uh, I hadn't had a chance to finish off yet. So, um, as I was watching it, I mean, I, I was still watching it right after I got done with the uh, main event talk exclusive. So, as I was watching the match, you know. I remember the part, like I said, where uh, Triple H and Shawn Michaels and Trip, uh, The Undertaker were, you know, leaving the ring and um, hearing J.R. say that, ladies and gentlemen, is respect. And then as soon as that happened, they, they walked over to the stage. <clears throat> and, and I remember them saying that, that it wasn't planned or anything. They just turned around and... know they all looked at everybody and the crowd was just you know applauding everything that these three Wrestlemania legends did and you know I I loved it. it it was one of the most incredible matches in the history of WrestleMania. And I, I was glad that I had a chance to do this main event talk exclusive with you guys. And I hope you enjoy it and everything else like that. And like I said before, you can go over to Peacock and check out all of the classic WrestleManias, everything from WrestleMania five that I did on part one WrestleMania 17 that I did on part two and WrestleMania 28 that I did right here on this episode of the main event talk podcast. Well, so far, we are almost at the conclusion of the Main Event Talk podcast, but we're not done yet. We're not done yet by a long shot. We've talked about all of the WrestleMania matches that took place. We've talked about the news, and you've heard some of the classic theme songs from the past 38 years of WrestleMania. And we're still down to one match. And the one match that I've not had a conversation about yet, we're about to get into in just a moment. Champion versus champion, winner take all, Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, and it's a culmination of everything that we've talked about. Now, I'll give you a little detail about it, but before we do, let's get into this conversation that took place on Monday Night Raw. First, Brock Lesnar made an appearance. Said what he had to say, and then Roman Reigns made an appearance and said what he had to say. Let's listen in, and then I'll fill you in on what, what I'm about to say right after this whole thing.
8: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Monday Night Raw! That felt good, but it felt like it sucked. <laughs> I won't be doing that again. But what I don't suck at is handing out country ass kickings. We're gonna take a trip down memory lane. Yeah, you can play along like that if you want. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna take a trip down the streets of Suplex City. And then I'm going to introduce you to the old beast of Broadway. After that, play along, that's all right. We're going to hit the carnival. We're going to go for a ride on the F5. And ain't nobody survives a ride on the F5. (laughs) Yeah, Steve will be there too. (laughs) Steve Austin he's an ass kicker like me too but he didn't kick my ass (laughs) alright enough after our carnival ride now this is where the party really starts Roman, we're going to hit a wedding we're going to be wedding crashers my title is going to marry your title And it's going to have a baby. The unified title. (laughs) And I get full custody. Listen,
6: yeah. I'm
8: in a great mood tonight because you know why? In six days at WrestleMania, I finally get my hands on Roman Reigns. You see, there's no more running, Roman. There's nowhere to hide this Sunday, okay? This Sunday at WrestleMania, I'm gonna stand above you with two titles, and I'm gonna raise them to the sky, and they will chant. Ladies and gentlemen, your new reigning defending Unified heavyweight champion of the world, Barack
6: Lander! (laughs) Acknowledge me! What really bothers me about Brock? It's just a couple of weeks ago he was out for blood. It was personal to him. But he's already spilled my blood. In 2018 at WrestleMania 34, he busted my head wide open. Right here, right here. One right here on on the hairline. One across the top of my skull and I bled all over New Orleans. He smashed my face to the point my children didn't even recognize me. My wife didn't want me in this business anymore. My father doubted me. My family was disappointed in me. And then he comes out here, and it's just a game now. Oh, we're talking about Suplex City. It's a carnival where it's a wedding now. The titans are going to have babies. It's just a game. Okay, oh, that's all good because the tribal chief changed the game. We changed the game, and we're going to take everything from him. You see, I already took his advocate and upgraded him to a wise man. I took his claim to being the longest reigning champion in the past 35 years. I got my receipt and I took his blood at Madison Square Garden and this Sunday I make the final move and I'm gonna take his title. And then Brock, you're going to know what it's going to be like to make it personal, because I'm going to make it personal, because it's always been personal to me.
0: Well, guys, you just heard the conversation. Brock Lesnar had made an appearance on Monday Night Raw and said what he said. And then the tribal chief, the head of the table, Roman Reigns, said what he said as well. So I'm sure all of you are wondering, okay, what are my thoughts on this match between Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar? What are my thoughts of what's going to happen at WrestleMania 38 between these two? And who should walk away with both championships at WrestleMania this Sunday? Well, guys, believe it or not, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) Well, there's a reason why I'm not going to tell you. Well, number one, we are concluding part three of the Main Event Talk podcast as we speak. Thank you for listening. (laughs) but it's not over yet, not over yet by a long shot, guys, because we've done part one of WrestleMania weekend, part two, and we're done with part three. So I know all of you are saying, well, what about Roman Reigns? What about Brock Lesnar? What are your thoughts on this? Well, that's where Friday comes along, because tomorrow, Friday, if you will, the WrestleMania weekend bonus begins. Now, while the WWE goes ahead and decides that they're going to give you their lame-ass version of the story and how, how it all happens, while they talk about what took place at day one and the Royal Rumble and Crown Jewel, me, I'm going to give you the full antidote. Exactly. I'm going to give it all to you and much, much more. Because this coming Friday, on the Main Event Talk WrestleMania weekend bonus, I'm going to give you an inside depth of Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania 38. Now, on this episode, just to give you an idea, we're going to give you everything that you need to know. Everything from the first encounter between Brock Lesnar and Roman Reigns at WrestleMania 31. The fatal four way from SummerSlam years ago, the WrestleMania 34. And remember, Roman Reigns had just talked about that, where he had bled to death at the hands of Brock Lesnar. And then the whole thing at the greatest Royal Rumble ever. And then Roman Reigns gets his Universal Championship away from Brock Lesnar for the first time, etc., etc., etc. And trust me, this episode. You don't want to miss, and this is definitely going to be one of the best episodes I've ever done. WrestleMania weekend bonus: Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. The main event's going to give you the full conversation on that and everything else, like that. And that will be the last main event talk podcast I do until I return next Saturday to recap the entire WrestleMania. Weekend, so with that being said, and with all this pretty much out of the way right now, let me go ahead and do one last and final thing. And I figured I'd go ahead and get this out of the way right now because I might not be able to do this again, and I might as well go ahead and get this out of the way right now <coughs> since we're almost at the conclusion of this episode of the main event talk podcast now just to reiterate the wrestlemania bonus is going to happen on friday now it's going to happen now to give you guys a uh, a early idea it's not going to happen at six in the morning no as a matter of fact it's going to be released uh, on friday april 1st around 12 noon so be prepared for that 12 noon is the time you need to look at now besides that episode on friday this coming friday night smackdown is going to take place wrestlemania smackdown is going to happen and of course we got rampage coming up and we got ring of honors uh, the super card of honor that's going to take place uh, in texas there's going to be a lot of big events that are going to happen in texas all around dallas texas all to texas in whole 9 yards so it's going to be incredible so they're going to do Friday night SmackDown. They're going to do the Hall of Fame induction ceremony right after SmackDown. And then Saturday, will be Stand and Deliver. Now, let me go ahead and go through these matches. So that way, you guys will get an idea of what's going to take place this coming, <coughs> this coming Saturday. Now, the first one is the, let's see... And this is going to be the kickoff show right here. The tag match for the NXT Women's Tag Team Championship. Toxic attraction to defend their titles against the reunited Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai. The fatal five-way, I think that's right, fatal five-way ladder match for the North American Championship. Cameron Grimes, Carmelo Hayes, Santana, um, I think I'm pronouncing this wrong already. Let me see here. Carmelo Hayes, Santos Escobar, Solo Sokoa, Grayson Waller, and Cameron Grimes. One of these men are going to be walking away with the NXT Championship, the NXT North American Championship. And it is going to be the last and final time we see Tommaso Ciampa at NXT because he's going to go one on one against Tony D'Angelo. And also a fatal four way match for the NXT Women's Championship, the champion Mandy Rose, the defender championship against Cora Jade, Io Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. Also a triple threat match for the NXT Tag Team Championship, Imperium to take on MSK and the Creed Brothers. A singles match, LA Knights to go one on one against Gunther. And then, of course, the NXT Championship, Dolph Ziggler to go one on one against Braun. Breaker, or as I like to call him, Rex Steiner, okay? And I'm so glad that they finally decided to reveal that he's a Steiner, okay? Just to get that out of the way. Now, that's going to happen on Saturday, April 2nd. It's going to happen around 12 noon. Uh, 1 o'clock over there, so that means here would be 12 noon, okay? So just us get that out of the way. Now, <clears throat> let's get to what's going to take place on that same night, WrestleMania Night 1, uh, the first match on the card for the SmackDown For the Raw Women's Championship, Becky Lynch to go one-on-one against Bianca Belair. In a tag match, Rey Mysterio and Dominic Mysterio to take on The Miz and Logan Paul. Singles match, Drew McIntyre to go one-on-one against Happy Corbin. Let's see, for the SmackDown Tag Team Championship, The Usos to defend the championship against Shinsuke Nakamura and Rick Boogs another tag match is going to take place the new day xavier woods and kofi kingston to take on sheamus and ridge holland a singles match uh seth rollins is going to go one-on-one against a mystery opponent everyone is saying that it's that it's cody rhodes others are saying that it's shane mcmahon others are saying that it could be somebody else other i heard goldberg's name is coming Well, I I know a lot of people are going to get pissed off. Oh, it's Goldberg. Why does it have to be Goldberg? Hey, come on. It's WrestleMania, for crying out loud. So I'm I'm betting it's going to be Seth Rollins against Cody Rhodes. I bet anything. And also for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Charlotte Flair to go one-on-one against Ronda Rousey. Okay, now that's night one of WrestleMania. That's going to take place on Saturday. Now let's get into Sunday. And let's see, a fatal four-way for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. The champions Queen Zelina and Carmella to take on Sasha Banks and Naomi, Rhea Ripley and Liv Morgan and Natalya and Shayna Baszler. Anything goes match, Jackass's own Johnny Knoxville to go one-on-one against Sami Zayn. Another singles match is going to take place. Pat McAfee to go one-on-one against Austin Theory. A triple threat match for the WWE Raw Tag Team Titles. RK-Bro to take on the Street Profits and Alpha Academy. A legendary match is going to take place at WrestleMania as Edge goes one-on-one against AJ Styles. Bobby Lashley to go one-on-one against the Colossus Omos. And then it's winner-take-all Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns champion versus champion winner take all universal championship wwe championship it's gonna be epic and much much more oh and oh it nearly slipped my mind i forgot one more thing that's gonna happen on saturday at wrestlemania the Kevin Owens Show featuring the return of the Texas Rattlesnake, Stone Cold Steve Austin. You know the main event's going to be having plenty of beer and plenty of barbecue when the Rattlesnake makes his appearance. I'm going to see a bunch of stunners happening on Kevin Owens. I guarantee you that. That's all going to take place at WrestleMania Night One. You know, that's you know, the Kevin Owens Show and everything else like that. So that's the full lineup of WrestleMania. Now, as I stated before... Part one is done, part two is done, part three is officially over, but we've got one more episode left, and it is the WrestleMania weekend bonus. And it'll feature Roman Reigns taking on Brock Lesnar. You'll hear my inside story, you'll hear my inside scoop, And you'll be entertained and enjoy everything that I have to say between these two because I'll be the man responsible for telling you guys you should check out Roman Reigns versus Brock Lesnar, champion versus champion at WrestleMania when you hear this last episode. I guarantee you, you will love it. It is truly one of my best episodes ever in the history of the main event talk podcast so with that being said that's it that's over it's done part three is out the window and before i go ahead and leave Follow the main event on Twitter at twitter.com slash at main event player. You can also follow me on Instagram at instagram.com slash at main event player. Go to my Facebook page at facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0 for all of the results of WrestleMania night one and night two and also NXT stand and deliver once again. Facebook.com slash at real main event talk 2.0. And if you want a friend request me, as I always say, proceed at your own risk. Now, subscribe to the main event talk podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google podcast Radio Public, Overcast, or wherever it is you find your favorite podcast. Guys, thank you for listening. Thank you for paying attention. and who this is this is getting completely exhausted and like i said before we are not done yet we still have one more episode left and guys after that it's wrestlemania live saturday april 2nd and sunday april 3rd and also and just to give a big shout out to richest billiards do don't forget Emo Night is going to happen at Rich's Billiards on the weekend of WrestleMania. And then, of course, Jeff Hardy's going to be coming over here to Corpus Christi. Yes, I'm not kidding. Jeff Hardy's coming over here to Corpus Christi on the weekend of WrestleMania. There's going to be several shows happening on the weekend of WrestleMania. Not just Emo Night at Rich's Billiards. We got 10, 10 years coming to Rich's Billiards. No, no, I'm sorry, at, at Corpus Christi. three Elevens coming in Corpus Christi. There's going to be a lot of shit a lot of shit that's going to happen at WrestleMania weekend, and I'm going to be glad that I'm going to be off on Monday, because there's no way in hell I'm going to work if I'm going to be dead on Sunday, okay? So, (laughs) that's it, guys. It's over. It's done. Thank you for listening, I'll see you next time on another great episode of the Main Event Talk Podcast. Why? Because I can, and I want to. Any questions? E... Enough said, and notice that I finally said those words on this episode and not on the last two. (laughs) How crazy is that? We'll see you at WrestleMania this weekend. Oh, and before I go, I have one more theme song for you. And it's another classic WrestleMania theme song. We hope you enjoy it. We'll see you at WrestleMania this weekend Over in Arlington, Texas, Dallas, Texas, however it goes, just check out WrestleMania when you can. Take it easy, guys. See you later.